Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you, The Monty Show? Live on your YouTube machine. Thank you so much to everybody who watches this show. You know, I tell you every day on the show uh, that without you, we wouldn't have a show. And I truly mean that. I am so thankful. Jake's not. He's kind of a dick about it. But I am really thankful uh, for all of you who uh, make it possible uh, for us to do this show every day. Please hit the thumbs up. Give us a like. That really helps the channel grow. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by The Advocates. The Advocates. Com, the best injury attorneys in the business, the advocates. Tell you what, man, when you get in an accident, it is likely one of the most stressful days in your life. There are so many things that you are not even aware of that are happening around you because of this singular incident. Whether you got hurt at work, maybe you were just riding your bicycle down the street, a guy on his phone was distracted and he hit you. That's not your fault. You didn't deserve to get in that accident, but you deserve somebody to fight for you. Somebody who's been through the process, somebody to be your advocate. That's why you go to The Advocates. Theadvocates.com where you never pay a penny out of pocket to The Advocates. In fact, it costs you nothing to chat with an attorney online. Right now, live, 24-7-365. Theadvocates.com where you never pay unless and until... They win your case. How the heck are you? Happy Friday. I know that everybody is here uh, for the uh, George Klyovkov celebration of life. You know. um, (laughs) (laughs) George, listen, my guy, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this today because Klyovkov said that they were not going to announce a TV deal today because they didn't want to take any of the focus away from football. And hey, listen, I I get it. Pac-12 football, I've told you for months and months on this show, is undervalued nationally. There's no question about that. But what George Klyovkov did today, I think absolutely took the spotlight off of football and ruined Pac-12 media day. Mm -hmm. I think what George Klyovkov did today was an absolute travesty. It is an embarrassment. It is a blight on the face of this conference. It is a blight on the face of all 10 of the remaining members. It is an insult to just about everybody in this conference. George Klyovkov is a buffoon. He is an embarrassment, and he should be fired as the commissioner of the Pac-12, because what he said today was ridiculous. First of all, I just, I'm going to, I want to play some video of George. The first thing that everybody said today was, oh, George Klyovkov is using a teleprompter, to which I say, that's fine, except if you're going to use a teleprompter, you need to be able to read. And he struggled mightily to read the prompter and to speak clearly uh, and and sound like he had some idea of what he was reading because I think it came off poorly. I, I, I mean, I don't know about yeah. what you think about that. I mean, there were definitely some moments where it just felt like he was kind of, 
you know, just kind of I, I, just having difficulty, you know, and, and, and I think that everyone wants to hate on the guy for using a teleprompter. I'm not hating on the guy for using a teleprompter. Yeah, I, that doesn't I, matter. I, I think it's silly to hate on the guy. Now, if you want to say, well, did the other, you know, did the other commissioners, did Greg Sankey or, you know, Brett Yormark. See, that's like, some petty ass BS. Who is, cares? It is. Who cares? But when we talk about, when we talk about, and we'll get to the video, but when we talk about. I, you know, being a polished commissioner, I do think there's a little bit to it. Now, the idea, I, I do need to point out, the idea that, like, we like we were at Big 12 Media Days. Brett Yormark had a pamphlet, like, literally, I mean, it must have been 10 pages at least of, of his speech on paper. So it's not like these guys just talk off the top of the dome, dude. I don't think... I don't care that George Klyovkov uses a teleprompter. The President of the United States... <laughs> for generations, has used a teleprompter. Yeah. The problem is, again, before I play this clip, George Klyovkov does not, to me, sound well-spoken, prepared, or intelligent. And I would think those three things are really important if you're going to be the commissioner of the Pac-12. Before I finish my remarks, let me provide you with an update on our media rights negotiation and our approach to considering expansion. I know there's been never-ending speculation about the timing of our media deals, but in the end, we're on track to announce our deals at about the same time as everyone would have anticipated and predicted before the news of conference realignment. The Pac-12 Board of Directors has met regularly throughout the process and has been united in their commitment to one another and to the Pac-12, and this commitment and patience will be rewarded with an announcement in the near future. Getting the right deal has always been important, more important to, the, to our board and to the conference than getting the expeditious one. What does that even mean? So it, you're on schedule had realignment not taken place. Well, the only problem is realignment did take place, sir. And it, the landscape of college football is changing not only day by day and hour by hour, minute by minute. And you stood up there today and said, hey, before we go on, I want to talk about this this deal. Mm -hmm. And then you proceeded to just kick it all over the place. And I, 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 I'm just curious, who wrote this speech? Because if George Klyovkov wrote this speech, uh, that would, like, you don't say that. And my issue is, if you think, well, every... Because essentially what he's saying is everything's normal. There's nothing wrong here. Nothing to there's see here. There's nothing to see here. Yeah, dude. Everything, but the problem is there's plenty to see here. There are problems. The landscape of the media world is changing. You have to change with that, whether you have a media deal or you don't. There's a story breaking about ESPN that we're going to tell you about coming up in a minute. But ESPN is constantly evolving. That's one of your partners right now. Mm -hmm. it, he just sounds uninformed to me. And then here's what he said about expansion. Regarding potential expansion, while we have already done the due diligence on expanding expansion candidates many months ago and significantly narrowed our focus to a handful of schools, our sequence remains unchanged. First, we will conclude our media rights deals. Then our schools will sign our grant of rights, which has already been negotiated. And only then will we decide on potential expansion. Media rights deals. Mm -hmm. And they're just tripping and falling all over yourself. Like, 
and only then, and he was asked about San Diego State, and he says he's never offered anybody a, a spot in the conference for expansion. Right. So is San Diego State lying? So San, let me get this right. So San Diego State put it put it in writing that they were leaving the conference for no reason. And then this one is very interesting because I actually think this is the best point that he has made, and it was made as an afterthought. We constantly update our board. I think they're enthusiastic like I am about the media deal. But I will tell you what we've seen is that the longer we wait for the media deal, the better our options get. And I think our board realizes that. And the, uh, there's an underlying shift in the media market that's happening. And we're long-term taking advantage of that. But short-term, it may have provided some hiccups. He's not wrong. Everybody was up in arms over that bite. Mm -hmm. The longer we wait, the better it is. At this point, yes. Because it's gone on over a year. And now it's almost like the cycle is coming back around where you have this, this situation with, Disney, by extension ESPN, trying to make a deal with Comcast to be an equity partner. There's this story breaking today where ESPN is going to the major sports entities in this country, MLB, NBA, NFL, saying, hey, why don't you buy an equity stake in ESPN and we'll be partners, which is absolutely brilliant because it means like in the NFL, I believe it's $7 billion a year, whatever ESPN pays the NFL, mm -hmm. they would get to take a certain amount off of that. The NFL would then own part of one of its largest distribution partners and the distribution partner benefits because less cash is going out and the sales funnel just got much larger Yeah, because the league is selling in and ESPN and Disney are selling in. Brilliant. I agree. The longer it goes on, the better it is. And if that hadn't, if that was the last thing he said, if this following bite and exchange had never happened, this would have been a very uneventful Pac-12 football media day. We would, we would probably all just be talking who's the best team in the Pac-12. Right. But, of course, it's George Klyovkov, and we can't do that. I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. It, it's, we're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. George, just to follow on what you just said, I think, a, a response ago, because it caught a lot of people's attention very quickly. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear... That would imply that the deal is done and codified and just you're waiting until after today. I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? What, we want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. But that's not what you said. You f that's not what you said. <laughs> on purpose and i think this is an incredibly important moment in time for the pac-12 mm -hmm. because you hear all of this wild speculation and you have heather dinich from espn the other day just jumping into the deep end of the pool head first like yeah probably doesn't know how to swim like she's all in on it the radio wizard of the northwest who has not been seen or heard from today is all in on it like you hear all of this stuff. 
And yet, the one guy who seems to have a set of balls on him, James Crepia from the Oregonian, asks a follow-up question because listen to what George Klyovkov says. There's two words here that are really important. And those two words are on purpose. I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. It, it's We're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. George, just to follow on what you just said, I think a, a response ago, because it caught a lot of people's attention very quickly. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear, that would imply that the deal is done and codified and just you're waiting until after today. I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? What, we want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. You're just a goof. You're an embarrassment. You are incompetent. George Klyovkov is, is, is Larry Scott, but worse. 8.0. Because at least Larry Scott was well-spoken. At least when, when Larry Scott was incompetent, he could at least spit shine the turd, right? This guy can't even do that. When you say something like, hey, we're not announcing this on purpose, it means there's a purpose to not announcing the TV deal today. Because he said, we're not announcing the TV deal today on purpose. Okay, thank you, James Crepia from the Oregonian. What was the purpose of not announcing your TV deal today? Oh, well, you know, you're just reading too much into that. So you don't have a TV deal. That's what you're saying. You know, the other thing that was wildly obvious today that I think a lot of people are not pointing out, where were the other questions? Where was the media asking, well, you had a meeting with your presidents. What was discussed in that meeting? His answer would have been, well, I don't, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay, were, were dollar figures discussed? Was the TV deal discussed and were dollar figures discussed with those presidents? I'm not going to talk about that today. Okay, no problem. Do you believe that you're going to be able to get all 10 of these teams in this conference to sign a grant of rights with the media deal that you are purposefully not announcing today? Do you believe that all 10 members of this conference will sign the grant of rights with the deal that you maybe or maybe not presented to them yesterday? <laughs> Ask the question. But I think the, the, the thing that happened here was as soon as this situation with on purpose and James Crepia happened, what happened with the presser? It ended almost immediately. And this is why we have not heard from George Klyovkov in seven months since I believe it was December or January Thanks. was the last time that George Klyovkov did something like this. We haven't heard from him in seven months, and this is why. You're one day where football can be front and center, and George Klyovkov completely botched it. And Jake, I just don't understand why and how George Klyovkov will continue to be the commissioner of the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why you would allow him to continue representing the conference. I mean, it, it's so funny you bring up the point about him not talking since December or January. He was asked point blank about that, and what was the excuse? Well, the excuse was, well, we were taking the high road. You know, we we you know we weren't going to get involved in all the speculation, and we weren't 
you know, going to comment on what people were talking about with our media deal and, you know, the path of the conference. So for me, I just think George's tactically as a speaker is not great. And I think George doesn't understand that, that when you're a commissioner, every word you speak matters. Like quite literally every word you speak matters. And I think that's why this on purpose thing is so powerful because again, it's, it has a different meaning than saying, hey, you know, we're not really, we're not going to talk about the the situation with our TV deal. Because that's really where, you know, he kind of hung himself, if you will. That's really where he kind of yeah, trapped himself with the media. Because he said, he, 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 he made it very clear that they had a deal, or that was the inference. And then he rolled out on purpose. Whereas if you would have just said, "Hey, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna discuss the 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 situation as it currently stands with our media rights negotiations because we would like to spend media day focusing on the student athletes and the sport itself." That is how you need to roll it out. Not, "Hey, we're intentionally not talking about our media rights deal because we want to focus on football." That's you're trying to say the same thing, but you're saying it two different ways and you happen to say it in a way where my guy over here, James Crepia from the Oregonian, took you to the woodshed over it and then you finished the presser he, on a negative he, note. Because you said on purpose. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I'm saying like so when it comes to like we started the show talking about the teleprompter thing. And I agree with you. The teleprompter thing is a rather stupid criticism. But you're going to get criticized over the teleprompter because in your opening regards that we just played, you were tripping over yourself, but, and then you made that mistake. But what is what is the use of a teleprompter for a guy like George Klyovkov represent? This is the balls of the conversation. He can't talk freely off the top of his head. And again, we were there. We watched it happen live. At Big 12 Football Media Days last week in Tarrant County, Texas. Tarrant County. Right? At AT&T Stadium. You have a commissioner in Brett Yormark who stood up there in front of a crowd at Big 12 Football Media Day that was at least four, maybe five times the size of this one. With a piece of paper in his hand. Not in front of a teleprompter with prepared remarks. Brett Yormark can talk off the top of his head. You can't trust George Klyovkov to do that. Mm -hmm. He probably does not trust himself. That's what that says. And then he has trouble reading the teleprompter, which I'm telling you, I know you think I'm nitpicking. I'm telling you it's an issue because he does not come off well-spoken, right? And then when you get into the free-form question and answer, he completely botched it. He completely botched it by... And I think it was innocuous. I don't think there was any intent behind it. You know, it's funny. My wife was busting my balls today. Mm -hmm. In the basement, I, I, had, I played golf this morning. I went to the driving range. I came home. My wife works at home. I was in the basement stretching in her general work area. And I, I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about golf courses. And I said, man, what I wouldn't give. And she stopped and she said, no, what you would give. Right? Like she made, mm -hmm. it's not what you wouldn't give. It's what you would give. Exactly right, George Klyavkov. You said on purpose. We're not announcing the TV deal on purpose. My guess is George was trying to say, I'm not here to talk about the TV deal because our football teams deserve better. They deserve the entire spotlight. I am not going to comment on the terms, the status of this TV deal. 
And what they should do is have a separate media function for George next week at some point down the road where I'm going to sit and do a Zoom call, whatever it is, I don't care. I'll do a Q&A with the media at some point, but it won't be today because Pac-12 football deserves the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And they do. You have multiple teams in this conference that are going to play for a national championship potentially. Yet we're not talking about that. We're not talking about Lincoln Riley. We're not talking about Kyle Whittingham. We're not talking about Kalen Board. We're not talking about Penix Jr. We're not talking about Caleb Williams no longer having an afro. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Cam Rising. We're talking about George Klyovkov, the buffoon, Again. the embarrassment, the the guy who, in my opinion, now cannot continue as the commissioner of the Pac-12. It it simply cannot happen, even if it's just on this San Diego State situation. Because I also think that was a huge part of this today. Mm-hmm. When he said, we have not had discussions, we have not ha- issued invitations to anybody. So either San Diego State's completely incompetent and they're just lying through their teeth, or George Klyovkov is completely incompetent and lying through his teeth. Or worst case scenario, they're both completely incompetent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because that's what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, someone comes out looking stupid. And I just think, look, I, 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 it, the reason it surprises me so much that he had this gaffe, if you will, this mistake, this, yeah. this mishandling of the whole thing today the reason it's so surprising is because it's not like this was some surprise event. It's not like, you know, this is TMZ rolling up on you in the street, right? Like this is a this is a an event that you're putting on that you know you're going to kick off. And what's so funny about it is you decided it would be a good idea to roll out on the dais or the podium at 8 a.m. Pacific. You didn't wait till 1130 or noon on the first day like Bright you are Mark did. Right, you didn't wait for media day to kind of get going and allow people to do some interviews, let people work a little bit. Then we're gonna officially kick off the event. You didn't, you didn't do it that way. You wanted to get in there early and get out as fast as possible. Mm-mm-mm. And the problem is, and what I feel like nobody in the national media wants to talk about is after that whole incident got done and wrapped up, they go and have their little panel, right? Where where. George, I think his uh, uh, associate commissioner, I believe it was, or whatever, and Mark Harlan, the AD at Utah, the three of them are sitting on stage answering questions, and Mark Harlan is sitting over here uh, for probably 10 minutes before someone asks him a question. First question he gets, knocks it out of the ballpark, sounds perfectly prepared and ready to go and polished. Anybody else felt like, wow, maybe this guy should be the one doing the talking. Because I wonder, what would this conference be like if you had a a polished, a just a professional speaker at the helm, what would this conference be like if Brett Yormark was the one navigating these difficult waters? Yeah, probably if, wouldn't be in difficult waters. If Brett, if if Brett Yormark or Mark Harlan, I even tweeted it today. Here, I'll say what everybody's thinking. Mark Harlan should be the commissioner of the the Pac-12. 
but he's not, and it's George Klyovkov. All right, enough of us. More of you. Let's get your thoughts in here on the show. Uh, as always, all of our comments section, all of the things that you guys say on the show, uh, we appreciate you so much. You guys carry the show every single day. Um, and as we usually do, if you guys contribute uh, to the show, we read your comments first. Matt Ritson gets to lead us off today. He gives us $5 to say the Pac-12 Conference and Commissioner should run media day at Circus Circus Hotel Vegas was most embarrassing watch on TV. There are no TV deals. By the way, that's the other thing we got to talk about. I'm glad you brought that up. How many of your streams are you going to put out uh, that don't have audio? How many, how many radio shows are you going to do on your network that are doing the show while George is talking and you're not you're not piping in George's press conference. Yeah, that was remarkable today, like driving into the office, um, trying to find George Klyovkov's press conference and having to listen to it on my phone. And the first YouTube channel I pulled up from the Pac-12 had no audio stream on it. Could He's standing there just talking away. Couldn't hear him. Could not hear him. Walked into the office and Jake's like, hey, did you see the Pac-12's First YouTube stream doesn't have audio. I was like, yeah, I was trying to watch and listen. Because it's garbage. Sirius XM channel, I think it's 371. Yeah, they weren't, they didn't stream it live. The Pac-12 Sirius XM channel did not stream George Klyovkov's press event live. How? You had two dudes talking about absolutely nothing that was of consequence, and you can hear it a little bit in the background, George Klyovkov talking. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. What just copy what the Big 12 and the SEC did the last couple of weeks and you'd have been fine but they didn't do that. They didn't do that. And much to to Ritson, much to your point here, it's amazing how the, these events there are logistics I get it. They're not hard to execute. Put your stars on stage and point a camera at them and make sure the microphone works. A la Messi with Apple TV MLS. <laughs> yeah. Introducing Lionel Messi. Yeah, no audio. George Klyovkov, perhaps the single most important press event he's ever done. The audio didn't work on their first YouTube stream. It's it's completely and utterly incompetent that, that this goes on. Yeah. And and I say this, and I don't know if you can tell, and you probably don't give a damn. This is a, this is frustrating to me. It's upsetting to me. I'm disappointed. Because this league deserves better. Yeah. These institutions, whether you're you're a flyover guy or a truck stop guy, I don't care who you are. There's no denying that these 10 remaining institutions deserve better. These are fantastic universities run by really smart academias who just have no idea what to do with sports. Mm -hmm. it, it it's like I, I don't even know how to, it's like that person that you just hand a baby to who's never held a child before. That's what it looks like to me. Like this kid is shitting himself all over your lap and you don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Because you have all these brilliant academic people and you can't get them together on, on athletics. Like Kurt Schultz at Washington State, by all accounts, is a pretty smart human being. Just to, Get him away from athletics. Dude, seriously. Seriously. Because he's running them into the ground. Yeah. And now he's in charge of the conference. He is the, the chairman. Eye. He is absolutely it is. He's the chairman of the Pac-12 Board of Directors. And who's he reporting to or talking with? George Klyovkov, who today left no doubt about his incompetence. 
this conference deserves better. You, you have Tessier Levine at Stanford having to resign over questions about his ethics. Brutal. And he's on the Pac-12 Board of Directors um, until August. He will now have to resign over that. You have President Kosse at Washington, who I don't think gives a two shits about sports, if we're being honest. I don't think she cares. Nah. Okay, we'll move her off the board of directors and we'll but elevate just, Bobby Robbins. But that was just standard protocol. Oh. That wasn't a choice. Put anybody... Right? You, and, and it's not that Bobby Robbins at Arizona, the president in Arizona, is incompetent or a bad dude or dumb or really excellent educator, administrator, and one of the most vocal proponents of the quality and the 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 you know footprint he really likes the footprint of the Big 12 he likes the power basketball brand of the Big 12 yeah. and he has some affinities for the Big 12 yeah. yeah let's put that guy on the board of directors i want it come on man like come on that's it's what i so, say like get out of your own way that's what i say like when when we talk about hey does is the Damn. conference going to survive or what's the long term outlook that's why sometimes i have some reservations because because everywhere you look, it seems like there's not really much positivity happening in this conference. I, I, I'm just so frustrated with it, man. I'm so frustrated with it. Uh, B gives us $5 to say Pac-12 t- commissioner is either lying or he's incompetent. Maybe both. Dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That, Don't lie to me. The, that's the whole. Th- yes. That's the whole comment. Um, Zach Sloter. What's up, Zach? Good to see you. $5 to say the longer the Pac-12 goes without a media deal, the better things will get. Right. I actually think that's true at this point. Wow. Because now it's drug on so long. It's been a f- more than a calendar year that the media industry is, is almost changed completely. The way that the, the stuff going on at NBC Universal and Comcast – the, the changes happening at ESPN and Disney, like you look at the major players, look at the the look at the the formation of Scripps Sports. Ion TV owned by Scripps, they form Scripps Sports. Look at their groundbreaking deal with the WNBA. Look at their groundbreaking deal with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Like look at Bally Sports going out of business, losing their ass in Arizona. The, the AT&T Sportsnet no longer exists. The regional sports network, dead. The game is changing. It's going to stream. You look at the way NBA teams are distributing their stuff. Look at the Yankees. Look at Yes Network. Furthermore, look at MSG. Yeah. MSG offering the Knicks and the Rangers, and I think, I can't remember who the third team is, but Knicks and the Rangers on an app that you can pay per game to watch. That's the game is changing. So you, you've been without a deal for over a year now that you've been trying to get a new deal. So the market just by stupid luck now is kind of coming around to where maybe you can make a deal that's more than $20 million per year per school. Maybe. So I know Sloter, that sounds stupid, but I don't think they planned it this way. Let's not get carried away and say, well, you know, we, uh, we planned uh, to just wait the market out. No, you didn't. You wouldn't. You wanted this deal done with Fox and ESPN, which was never going to happen in your exclusive window. That's when you wanted it done. You had no idea the market was going to change. Now, is it better to be lucky than good? Sure, <laughs> sure it is in yeah. this situation. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, 
I think the longer it's gone on, especially since I would say Q2 here in 2023, right? The the second three months of the year here, I, I think the game changed dramatically. Yeah. And I think, again, you look at ESPN with Pat McAfee. The sports talk game is changing dramatically. Sports talk radio is dying in this country. Dying. Yet, you look at Pat McAfee, he's going to ESPN. Now they're building around Pat McAfee and they're laying people off and they're hiring more staff to support. But like, yep. look at look at what college game day has changed. Completely changed. Yep, caught the fat. The game is changing. That's what George said. I believe him, don't you? LOL, go Cyclones. There you go. Uh, OG Gary, what's up, Gary? Ransom back of the teleprompter calculations. Oh, okay. Back of the... Back of the envelope calculations. That's okay. so that's so good, Gary. Uh, and carrying the zero uh, a few digits, show a deal will be done in year 1751 after the rapture. Okay, see? Damn. See, maybe we need to have Gare Bear on the show to kind of bring us into the back of the teleprompter side of things. Yeah, so we were just off by a couple of thousand years. Our bad. Yeah, that's why George was stuttering so much because, you know, the calculations oh were God, tough. That's hysterical. But... It, Back of the envelope calculations is one of the most infamous. Back of the envelope calculations. That's one of the most infamous things that have ever been said by George. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Emma and ZZ World gives us two dollars to say GK is shy. Ronnie, he pissed himself. Well, I guess, dude, you could see him. Watch, watch his face when when he got into it with James Crapia. Watch his face. Here. I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. It, it's We're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. George, just to follow on what you just said, I think a, a response ago, because it caught a lot of people's attention very quickly. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear, that would imply that the deal is done and codified and just you're waiting until after today. I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? What, we want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be so the focus awkward. today. And, and I have to say, it's not, there are few, the opportunities are few and far between to give the media credit. My guy right here, and I hope he's ever heard of us. I have no idea. James Crepia, huge kudos, bro. Great question. It's why we need journalists. Because understanding what the phrase on purpose means, that means you are intentionally not announcing a TV deal. On purpose, we are not announcing the TV deal today to keep the focus on football. Oh, so just let me clarify, you have a TV deal. What is the purpose of you not announcing it? No, nah, you're reading too much into it. Well, you did say you purposefully, so you had a purpose for not announcing your new TV deal. So you, you have Ooh. a deal, and there's a purpose why you're not announcing it. Yeah. That's what that means. And George couldn't answer the question. Owned. Just a rowdy dude. From South Carolina. South Carolina. Gives us $5 to say, should the Pac-8 just add Tulane and Rice in addition to SM and San Diego State? SMU and San Diego State. I think after Colorado and Arizona leave, that would be the best move. But I'm telling you, and there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, Arizona and Colorado are gone. Dude, I'm just going to say it again. Because all the Utah fans that are always pissed off about something, 
on Twitter who are like, oh, you're... I'll say again what I've said for months and months. There's not a president in this league who is excited to leave the Pac-12. No. Now, that's very different than there's not a president in this league that won't leave. I think every single one of the 10 remaining presidents and chancellors, if they had their perfect scenario, would stay in the Pac-12. I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. That does not mean all 10 will stay. And I'm not, I, at this point, because I truly, truly, for the first time this week, do not know if they have a deal or not. Because I just can't believe that Klyovkov is going to sit up there, even in his worst incompetence, right, and say, on purpose, I am not announcing the TV deal today. Like, how do you make that mistake, dude? And some people were wondering if it was a mistake or if it was intentional. I'm telling you, it was just one of those phrases that people throw out. Well, I am I am on purpose not announcing a TV deal today. And I think what goes through your head is like, oh. Yeah. Because as soon as he said that, we were sitting there watching it live and we were like, well, what? This is a code 10 abort. What did it... And not being there is difficult because we're sitting here like, oh, man, ask somebody. Because I would have raised my hand and asked the question, right? And that's where James Crapia from the Oregonian came in, and I think he crushed it. Yeah. Now, I wish other people would have asked better questions. They did not. Yeah. I think this was one of those ones where this is – think of the grammatical error that everybody always makes, supposedly versus supposedly. It's two and two. Or, yeah, there like, and there. Exactly. They are and there. Like, I think he just tossed out on purpose to try and, like, like – it's quite literally, literally. Like, I, I just think he threw it I out. Think, like, he just spoke it. And at that point, like, hey, man, the bird flew away. Can't get it back in a cage here, bro. I think he bro. tries to overtalk. That's what I think. I think he tries to sound too professional in what he's saying. Instead, like, hey, why we're is that? on purpose not doing something. Instead of not saying on purpose, just say, hey, I'm not going to talk about this. And the problem is he wasn't asked a question. He just was bloviating. Yeah, which is where he gets in trouble. Because which, again, he's not a good speaker. How did he produce the back of the envelope calculations Iconic statement by bloviating, bloviating right? off the top of the envelope calculations. Uh, Dibs gives us five dollars. This story is steadily moving away from a lack of media deal to levels of incompetent leaders. It's very sad. It is. It is because if you look at incompetent leaders, how do you ever recover from this if you're San Diego State? Because George Klyovkov today just said he's never invited you to join the league. But then, so, what did San Diego State's players say last week? Uh, they're 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 all world tight end. Said, yeah, we've been told it eighteen months ago. And oh, by the way, I would just go back to the letter that San Diego State wrote to the to the Mountain West, where they straight up said in this letter, if you if you look at this, remember this letter. This is the infamous letter. Now, mm-hmm. discuss the exit fee. B, with regard to the timing of the payout such that a four-year installment period may be considered because, look at number one, discuss notice requirement, one-month extension given uh, unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control. By the way, I would also then, 
And I'll say, by the way, a thousand times. By the way, I would also then go back to the athletic director, J.D. Wicker. Oh, yeah. Who's refused to come on the show to address the bullshit he spoke into the world with Seth Davis at The Athletic when J.D. Wicker said, hey, we're leaving San Diego State, the athletic director at San Diego State. We're leaving. Yeah, I don't know where we're going, whether the Big 12 or the Pac-12, but we're going somewhere. Oh, it turns out you're not going somewhere. And if you are, now it's going to cost you $34 million. And that doesn't even get near Adela Della Torre, the president at San Diego State, who wants the pro rata she deserves. <laughs> so who's incompetent now? And what this tells me is you've got to hire the very best people. George Kleofkoff's not that guy. No. J.D. Wicker at San Diego State, not that guy. Larry Scott, uh, not uh, that guy. Larry Scott, not that guy. Adela Della Torre at San Diego State, the president, not that guy, pal. Not that guy. Brett Yormark's that guy. Commissioner Sankey, that guy. Right? You look at the way that organizations run, the very best organizations don't hire bad people to surround them with. And that's exactly what has happened here. You don't hire Kurt Schultz to surround <laughs> George Kaliab and Kurt Schultz. Can you imagine? So I said, yeah. Can you imagine the people they're hiring? Bro. Like, how bad is this? And if, if George Kleofkoff is this bad of a leader, who's on his staff? Who's his chief? Like, you have to question the people around them. Because this is this is not, and I agree with the prior comment, this is not some simple little accident. No, friends. This is pure. And worse than that, it's not even that it's not an accident. This today was very intentional. This is exactly what you, you did to yourself. You put yourself, George, in this position. That's even worse that intentionally you did this. And it makes you incompetent. Because if we had George Klyovkov sitting here today and I said to him, did you misspeak when you said on purpose? Was that a misspeak? He'd say no. I guarantee it he would say no. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's been the Pac-12's precise problem the whole time, right? They're not willing to totally set agree. their pride aside. And I think one final note on this, too, before we get to more comments, that that J.D. Wicker thing, as bad as that was for San Diego State, we saw almost a mirror image of that at Arizona with Jed Fish. Jed Fish damn near said the same thing. Yeah, right? shockingly, if you go back to what Jed Fish said, it is it's the same thing. Remarkably similar. Jed Fish, the football coach in Arizona, was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and was asked about Arizona leaving the conference. And the guy hosting the podcast said to Jed Fish, Hey, I know you can't answer this question, but I have to ask it. I know you can't answer it. Um, is Arizona leaving the Pac-12? Arizona's going to have a place to go. Mm -hmm. and that's what I tell our recruits. <laughs> Be all right. That's what I tell our donors. <laughs> that's what I tell our families of you know, current personnel. Mm -hmm. We have a great brand. And we have a great basketball program. We have a great softball program, a great baseball program. And I believe we have the opportunity to have an incredible football program. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Where we play <laughs> our road games, we'll wait and see for our president. But um, we are locked in and loaded for this season, and um, we're going to try to just be where our feet are, which is right now in the Pac-10. 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 Dude.
You see how similar that is? So my point with that oh just is God. that, hey, dude, wild. if you are that guy and you're a P5 and you're at Arizona and, the, and you have a pile that's head high of Fs you don't give, you can say that type of thing. J.D. Wicker at a group of five school in the Mountain West making $4 million a year plus a little bit of extra change should not be running his mouth to Seth Davis at the Athletic about we'll be somewhere and then have George Klyovkov stand yeah. up here in the conference that you said you wanted to go to and make a buffoon of himself. That's my problem with 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 uh, with San Diego State. It, it is remarkable. Remarkable. The Monty Show presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy drink of the Monty Show. And maybe I'm so perturbed today because somebody... I, I can get up and get you Miami. You want Miami? Somebody didn't give me a buck shot today. Well, we're out. So... I didn't go by the the bucked up energy store on my way into the crib today no. and get more buckshot. But you should absolutely do that. What you should do is get into the description of this show below. Click on the link that's going to get you a free sample of buckshot. I'm telling you guys, it makes all the difference in the world. Cannot wait. 24 hours from now, I will have finished 18 holes of golf. And it will have been amazing. <laughs> And I will have pounded a buckshot to get me through it. You guys, it's clean, long-lasting energy. It gives you a mental lift, and it really gets you through that tough part of the day, especially on a Friday. You don't want to be working right now. You want to be at home. You want to be on the golf course. You want to be chilling with George Klyovkov while, you know, making yourself look good. Yeah, you want to make back of the teleprompter yeah. calculations back after of the, you drink buckshot. Back of the buckshot calculations yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Get your free buckshot in the description below. Click the link. They'll send six buckshots right to your front door for free. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Okay, let me shut my mouth because you guys have been amazing today. More of your comments and a big shout out to Shooter Texas. Let's go. Let's go, Shooter. Shooter Texas, the newest member of the Monty Show, the Monty Militia. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. But if you want to become a member of the show, it's $1.99 a month. Gets all your comments read. Oh, by the way, you want to get into the members-only Instagram chat where we talk about all this stuff offline 24 hours a day, $9.99 a month. All you got to do is click the Join button, select your membership tier, and you're good to go like Shooter Texas did. Shooter, good to see you. Um... I, I, and this this comment right here, I still think, is amazing. Yeah. That it, it, I think you're exactly right. That it's moving away from a lack of a media deal to level of incompetence. Yes, unbelievable. Carson gives us four ninety nine to say Pack was too arrogant and flat footed. Now held hostage by its own members. Lesson learned: the possibility of failure always has to be an option. Indeed, it does. Exactly right. Brass balls. What's up with you, my guy? Uh, I couldn't resist the chance to show how smart I am. It's better to just say nothing and thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. And it's a great point. The problem is, though, mm, 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 uh, yes. Uh, the problem is, is that as a commissioner of a conference, you you 
I, well, before this, I thought you couldn't, you could choose not to speak because he chose not to speak since December. But, but you roll up on your media day, Man. and there is a sense of pressure. I mean, I have to admit, like this was a big moment. This was something where it was like, hey, because you haven't spoken on this since December, you need to perform today, like flat out, no doubt about it. You got to come in here and give a great opening speech, and then don't make an idiot of yourself. And yes. yet, what did you figure out a way to do? Let me let me get this right. So. The speech itself, the way it was written, was not horrible, not great, but not horrible. But you were stumbling quite a bit. You were yeah. choking on the words a lot. And then the media thing happened. And I, and I just, I, you know, before the show, we were talking about the fact that, like, we we really work hard on this show not to just have a bashing fest and not to just, like, hate on people and, like, make a negative all the time because I think that burns people out. I get burned out listening to that. But we're not really left in any other position here. Like, I'm trying to figure out what what was the positive out of media day what what is the story because i could tell you with big 12 media day dude the 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 headlines were outside of players and individual programs the the headline was hey they're going to be in dallas till 2031 with big 12 media days the championship game is going to continue to be held at at, at jerry world till 2031 as well as part of the championship game they're going to have a super bowl like halftime performance like all this great stuff and then Pac-12 comes around, and I can't tell you what the positive spin out of Pac-12 Media Day is outside of what my guy here said, which is Caleb Williams shaved his head, doesn't have the fro anymore, which is unfortunate because that thing was amazing. And Cam Rising uh, said that he wants to play BYU as much as possible, and BYU fans are complaining, and Utah fans are bitching at BYU fans. Like that's what Media Day was, and maybe a little Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and I, I just, I just think that it's unfortunate because Kyle Whittingham may be the happiest guy in the country right now because there's no talk about how good Utah is. Yeah, picked him third. He loved that. Everything's good. But other than that, Lincoln Riley ought to be pissed. Caleb Williams ought to be pissed, and this is why they're leaving because I think if you are Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. You got absolutely buried today. Somehow, some way. What I think is arguably one of the best schools in the conference. It like is gone already. We know that. Yeah. But on the way out the door, inarguably, USC is one of the best football teams in the country this year. And we're not talking about that. Caleb Williams has a real chance to win back-to-back -back Heisman trophies. We're not talking about that. That's the real problem here. We're not talking about, hey, who who's going to replace DTR at UCLA? Hey, what about Jaden Delora and, and the the per, you know the the prepared statement he read and the support that Arizona has shown Jaden Delora? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the juggernaut in Seattle year 2 in their offense and the fact that well, damn, maybe Washington's the best team in the conference. We're not talking about that. Yeah. We're talking about the incompetence of the commissioner again. That's what we're talking about. Fat Jesus, my guy, gives us $5. I am purposefully not chatting about my vibrant sex life today because I want to focus <laughs> to be on this show. By the way, it's National Junk Food Day topic for later. Oh, he has our full respect. It is. Yes, absolutely it is. a topic for later. His vibrant sex life. Yes, yes. Appreciate you. Uh, Tony Wallashin. I hope I got that right. 
I am not about a media deal on media day. Signed, George Klyavkov. Exactly hey. right. Uh, Corey Erickson, Pac-12 quote-unquote leadership, has treated its members very poorly beyond the fans and everyone else. The students deserve better. And the, my struggle on this is, is specifically, this should be a powerhouse of a conference. Yeah. And now you have multiple schools in this conference that don't believe there should be expansion. Multiple, multiple members don't believe there should be expansion. You have a commissioner that is purposefully withholding TV deals. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous now. Cowboy country. George Klyavkov is playing kick the can. Time for Arizona, Arizona State, CU, and Utah to come to the Big 12. Utah is a great football team. Arizona's best men's basketball in the West. I don't know that he's playing kick the can, bro. I I, I think he's playing do the best job that I can do and just survive. Like, that's it. I think he is trying to make people believe there's a media deal. Because, again, I've spent two days trying to find a source who will tell me what the media deal is. Yeah. And I don't have a single TV industry source who says they know what the TV deal is or that they're involved. Well, and usually, like when you know you're working in the sourcing world, when when pe- people know how to say yes, there's a TV deal without saying yes, there's a TV deal, right? Like you get very, you know, clear answers like, yeah, I can't really talk about that. You're gonna have to wait till next week. Well, that would lend me to believe there's a TV deal, but that's not what anyone mm. was saying. People were like literally saying. Hey, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I haven't heard anything to the contrary. But what's the other thing you're not hearing? The other thing you're not hearing is from Pac-12 sources, and we've got a bunch, and they don't want to talk. They haven't wanted to talk for the last 10 days. This conference, and to their credit, there's been a lid dropped on this conference, as there should have been six months ago. Yeah, Because well. all these presidents and athletic directors and, again, the San Diego State disaster, all of that stuff – should never have happened. Yeah. Should should never have happened. You can't have the chancellor going after Twitter bot accounts at Colorado. <laughs> right? You can't have him doing that. You, it's just so crazy to me that Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah, is having to call people out on Twitter. You can't be doing that. Yeah. This conference needs to zip it until George Klyovkov is ready to announce the Pac-12's new media rights deal. Nobody should say word one. Yet, I have to believe they will. I have to believe they will. And it, it's really, it's just, it's un, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Because it shouldn't have to be that way. Uh, Emma and ZZ World. I used to think that everything about the Pac-12 was a tragedy, but now I realize it's a comedy of errors. Yes. That, that's the, the worst part of it. Emma, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, just a rowdy dude from South Carolina. Uh, Monty, what am I missing? If the Pac-12 media deal is $25 million and you're Oregon and the Big Ten offers $75, how do you stay? I think if you're Oregon on your own, you'd have to get a full share to leave. Because I think being a, a, a man on an island with USC and UCLA is a very difficult place for Oregon to be. Now, yeah. if you're Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal and you're getting $75 million each, say la vie, you're out. And nobody would blame you for that. First of all, the Big Ten has to want to be the one to pull the 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 chain and knock everybody out because you get those four, the Pac-12's dead. 
And does the Big Ten want to be responsible for killing off the Pac-12? I think that is a – Tony Petiti is a very intelligent dude. Yep. The commissioner in the, the Big Ten is a very intelligent dude. Operator, TV guy. Hey, much like uh, Brett Yormark, entertainment guy, entertainment guy. They're not stupid. They're not – notice what was the first thing that, that Brett Yormark talked about at Big 12 Football Media Days. Hey, I've never mentioned a school. I'm not here to talk about schools. I'm not here to talk about poaching schools. Yeah. We're here – and this is what I wanted George Klyovkov to do today. Steal the script, bro. Yeah. Steal the script. I'm not here to talk about TV deals. I, I know that's what you guys want to talk about. We are singularly focused on the 12 best football programs in the country today. Yeah. Th those TV conversations and media deal stuff, hey, that's, that's later down the road. Today, we are fully focused on Pac-12 football. That's what the script should have said. Yeah. That's what should have been on the prompter. But instead... You know, m dummy Mr., you know, quite literally hemorrhaging shit out of your face, George, <coughs> couldn't help himself. Yeah. Couldn't help himself. So nobody talked football. Everybody talked about George, which is exactly why you haven't seen him for seven months. And then we're going to sit here and wonder why, you know, crazy Utah continues not to get respect nationally or why other programs in your conference don't get respect nationally. Hey, man, I'm just telling you, it... it it's, it's really disappointing to me that this happened today. Yeah. Uh, big Bad Brass Balls, I can make you smile. I donated to uh, Advocates Donations. Thank you very much. That's huge. Uh, the Advocates, for everybody watching the show today, and I, I, I'm serious. This is a really important deal going on at the Advocates, and they're going to be on the show next week to talk about this. They're working for homeless kids to get back to school. Um, the Advocates are... are our presenting sponsor on the show, the best injury attorneys in the business. They're working with a group called The Road Home. Um, and The Road Home is one of the foremost homeless advocacy groups in the country. And they're working right now to help kids go back to school. And you look at the graphic on the screen. If you have Venmo, I, I'm begging you. I quite literally am begging you. A dollar, ten dollars, a million dollars, whatever you can do. Just... Get on Venmo, donate, and say, hey, Monty said homeless kids need help. Or, hey, I heard about you on the Monty show. That would be awesome. And if you don't want to do that, great. Just give them two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. Because they're talking about homeless kids who don't have things like socks. They're trying to make sure that every homeless kid they, they come in touch with has multiple pairs of underwear. That's the level we're working at. Never mind a home, a shelter, a place where they can go home every night and do homework or rest well instead of a city park or a car or a van. They're talking about socks and underwear, clothing. Then we'll talk about markers, crayons, pencils, papers, the ability to read, the basic fundamentals of, of supporting yourself. We're talking about kids in kindergarten, fifth grade, high school, who don't have pants, who don't have shoes, who don't have socks. Imagine going to school when you were in school and you didn't have socks or underwear on. How would that, what would that do to your confidence? What would that do when people are snickering at you and you're trying to figure out algebraic, you know, formulas and quadratic equations? Um, you're more worried about your pants because you don't have underwear on. Think about that, man. That's what the advocates are about. So, hey, I love that you guys are here. I appreciate it. If you can take two minutes and Venmo advocates donations, 100% of it goes to the road home.
to support uh, homeless kids on the Monty Show. Big Bad Brass Balls, I appreciate you. Brad Turner gives us $5 to say, pass it on to the kids, por favor, will do. Um, Zachary Hardy, uh, won't happen, but Pac-12 just adds San Diego State, Tulane, Rice, and SMU, Boise, Fresno State, or UNLV, and call it a day. See if it sticks at this point. Well, I think... The reason that they can't expand, and again, I would love somebody to have asked George Klyovkov about this, is he was adamant. We are not talking about expansion until the media rights deals are done. Yeah. Well, is that because your members won't allow you to expand to get a more valuable media rights deal because they may not stay in the conference? What is the reasoning for waiting to expand until after a media rights deal or deals, as he said, are done. Yeah. Because if the cookie cutter deal that you're supposedly getting, and this is the propaganda that we've heard repeatedly from the Pac-12 in their 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 mouthpieces, you're getting a deal that's far greater than the Big 12. Well, the Big 12's deal is $31 million. Let's call it 32. I think it's 31.7. $32 million with a pro rata from ESPN which means if you add a P5 school, we'll pay you on on par for that P5 school. So if you add Gonzaga, if you add, again, I mean, pick the school, Arizona, Utah, whoever you think it might be in the Pac-12 to the Big 12, yeah, we'll pay you an equal share, ESPN will, for that. So if you don't have a, a P5 team to add, and by all accounts, and if you've got one and I don't, I don't know about it, Please let me know. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. But San Diego State's not a P5. Right. And and who's on this list? Tulane's not a P5. Rice isn't a P5. SMU's not. Boise's not. Fresno's not. UNLV is not. So you're going to get all this money. Why not add those teams so that you can bolster your media deal? Oh, that's right, because your 10 members won't approve expansion until they have a media rights deal. Because they don't know if they're going to be there or not. Yeah. Yeah. That, yep. That's all that I can say. Yeah. It's all that, I mean, that's all that makes sense. Here on the Monty Show, uh, where you know every single day we tell you on this show that uh, our official pizza of the show is Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to go ahead and get yourself the single greatest calzone you've ever had. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You never get the calzones. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25. Just download the Papa Murphy's app. Super easy. Easy to use. You can absolutely... um, Order at 4 a.m. for a 4 p.m. pickup. You name the time you want to pick it up. It'll be ready on the to-go rack. Fresh ingredients. Always the best produce. Always the best cheeses. Always the best meats. Any topping you add, you can count on it being fresh. Because you're going to put barbecue sauce. Nobody uses red sauce anymore. Come on. Come on. Grow up. Yeah. We're not kids anymore, sir. Be better. Um, But your pizza dough is always fresh made in-house. They always roll it in-house. They always build it in-house. 
just for you. So you always get the freshest ingredients with the best pizza at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hello, everybody. Good to see you on the Monty Show. Uh, coming up in 13 minutes. Is that correct? Yes. Alema Harrington will join us to talk Big 12 football and uh, BYU football. Uh, you know, Alema played at BYU. So we'll get that. Uh, Dibs gives us $20 um, to say, George, I'm purposely, George says, I'm purposely not going to present a media deal that doesn't exist. I also am not going to present an expansion plan that I didn't want anyone to know about, but the curtains here really are lovely. <laughs> I'll take well your questions played. now. Well played. Yeah, seriously. Well played. Uh, just a rowdy guy gives us $5 to say the 400 million lost Pac-12 delivered to Fox won't go away and cast a long, dark shadow over any media rights deal negotiations. Bad return on investment. But again, every time we talk about this, yeah, I go back to the decision. Well, you know what, BYU, we don't want the Mormons. Those damn Mormons. We love our caffeine and we play on Sunday. Like their decision not to add BYU and not only not to add BYU, to look down their noses at BYU. I, I, I will fight to my death to tell you that's why the Pac-12 is where it is. Yes. Because if you had added BYU, you would likely have a deal with ESPN because everybody and their brother is well aware that if you put BYU on TV, you're getting a million viewers. Yeah. You're getting a million viewers, man. And you look at some of the numbers are out on these the size of these fan bases. Have you guys have you guys asked yourself who has the largest fan base in college football? Who who has it? Well, I mean, it's it's not rocket science to tell you that Ohio State. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. The Ohio State has the largest fan base in college football. Uh -huh. I mean, that's not even like, is there anybody that doubts that? Is there anybody that questions that? Because I got to be honest with you, looking at these formulas, it's not close. Number two, the University of Michigan. Penn State, three. Eh, I don't know about that. Duke, four. Duke basketball, absolutely. Florida State, five. Alabama, six. Georgia, seventh. UCLA. Oh, wait. I thought they couldn't fill up the stadium. UCLA, eighth. Notre Dame, ninth. Wisco, tenth. And then you get into this list, and it goes, it goes a little deeper. But outside of UCLA, like LSU is 11th. You, Texas is 12th, right? You, you get down the list a little bit. Uh, Oklahoma's 18th. Uh, Georgia Tech is 20th. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm looking like, where's, where's Oregon? USC is 25th. Um, well, I see Maryland at 29th. Um, what, there's Rutgers and Auburn. and Oh, there's Oregon at 37th? What? Oregon, the supposed power of the Pac-12, is 37th, dude. Yeah. 37th. Yeah, bro. Are, are you, are you, do you believe that that is the case? Or do you think there may be some bias? Yeah, in I mean, I think there's some bias in it, but I, I, what I can tell you is what I see, which is that Autzen's always full and Oregon's always competing in the college football playoff. But Oregon State is ahead of Oregon, which I have a little trouble with. Yeah. At 36th. And Oklahoma State is 38th. 
by the, the Mike way. Gundy's. The Mike Gundy mullets. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to me, right? I, I just look at this. This is the first time, by the way, that Alabama's fallen out of the top five. But I think it's really interesting that these are the most popular college football teams in the United States. Yeah. And I think the spread of their fan bases is pretty remarkable. And and this is polling from fans who watched or attended college football games in 2022. The respondents, the people who replied, were asked to list their favorite college teams based on results. SBR net produced the numbers that you're looking at. And it's pretty remarkable. I don't think Ohio State is even a question. No, I mean, if 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 I didn't know any of these numbers, right, and mm-hmm. and you were just like, hey, what do you think the biggest fan bases in college football are? Ohio State is definitely top of the list. I mean, yes. it's, it, it, by anybody's stretch of the imagination, they're a top three fan base, no doubt about it. And I think most people would have number one, just because I, I just think I when agree. you look at popularity and success on field, they're 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 printing. I I, I think. You know, I think, um, you know, programs like Alabama, Alabama wasn't good before Nick Saban was there. The problem is Nick Saban's been there long enough now where an entire generation only knows Nick Saban for Alabama and not his time in Miami or whatever, right? Right. Like, like people just don't know about that. Totally agree. So I think the fan bases are changing. So to me, yeah, I I, I would probably have Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, I, I would be inclined to to add a dark horse program out of the Midwest, you know, maybe a, you know, did you did you already say Nebraska or something yeah, like that yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah. Like those, that that's where I'd probably go if I didn't know the numbers. But there's really nobody on this list that is shocking. Yeah, maybe Duke, maybe Duke. But look at the poll at number four that Duke has across the country. I mean, significant. That's not surprising with Coach K being from Chicago. Yeah. Um, and like, there's nobody on this list that's surprising. What is surprising is that teams like USC, like Utah's 57th on the list. Yeah. But for my money, the question is, when I look at, hey, who draws the the water in this town and and who watches, I think there's a lot of Oregon fans that watch games. He has our full respect. I think there's a lot of BYU fans that watch games. Yeah. I think there's a lot of Utah fans that watch games. And – I, I just think when you look at polling and opinion, it's no surprise to me that the Ohio State is number one. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. But this conference, I don't think, has the Pac-12, I mean, has national poll. It does not. And, and I, I look at the Big 12, even after Texas and Oklahoma leave, the Big 12 is still a far superior conference to the Pac-12. Well, and I think what's tough when you think about like the everyday football fan, like think about an East Coaster, someone who lives in Boston or or maybe in Virginia or whatever, even in Miami, up and down the East Coast. They're having to go backwards in time as far as watching football, right? So, you know, you, you get the ACC first obviously out there, but are you really on a on a on a, a Saturday night? Are you really staying in? to watch Oregon if you live in Boston? Are you really are you really staying in to watch tell even Will Howard and K State? Right? Like are you or are you gonna go out and have a good time and then you're gonna come home and flip ESPN back on? That's like the natural living habits of people I think need to be taken into consideration here. Cause again, if you live on the West Coast, the beautiful thing about it is you can get up early and you're just watching games all day comfortably because it's in your flow. 
but it's backwards for East Coasters. They're having to chase it, and that's what I think people don't consider when you think about timeline. So is it any surprise that the biggest fan bases in college football are straight out of the middle cut of our country, geographically speaking? No, it's not a surprise, right? When when Ohio State's dominating, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, NBC's coverage or, or Fox or whatever on any given Saturday— Who's who's surprised by that? They're right in the middle of the country. Everybody can watch them. And I guarantee you, uh, a 10-year-old kid who knows nothing about college football, if they see Ohio State on and, you know, they get they get married up to what was C.J. Stroud, well, they're going to want to watch C.J. next week and the week after and the week after that. That's yeah. how fans are built. So that's why it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and it shouldn't be surprising. And I, I just think when you look at this conference today – Today is the day where the Pac-12 had the entire country as a captive audience. Yeah. And it just went sideways on them. I don't know. So maybe today's the right day to ask, what do you think happens here? Does the, does, let's, let's go in, in stages. Does the Pac-12 survive? Um, I think they survive, but I'm not confident they survive in 10 teams. I think, I think that this, this media deal, or as George said, deals, deals, um, you know, once those come through and teams start making decisions, I just can't believe that a perfect world scenario plays out because I don't think we're in a perfect world situation. I think the conference, without a doubt, survives. There's no question in my mind the Pac-12 will survive. It's I, do, I can't see it being these 10 teams. Unless they somehow pull off a deal, $25 million or more. Yeah. I think you keep all 10 at that number. If it's less than that, I think you lose Colorado and probably Arizona. It's just my opinion. But again, what comes in if Arizona goes? Arizona State. I think Arizona State's a big part of that. But let's just say Arizona and Colorado. Okay. I think the Pac-12 survives. Mm -hmm. How many schools do you think? uh, Because I really think Colorado's the one that, if I had to pick a school uh, for obvious reasons, I think Colorado's the one that leans the furthest towards the Big 12. Sure. Yeah. But after today, I just have so little confidence that the Pac-12 can execute. Man, when you have the whole country watching you uh-huh. and you make a mistake of this magnitude and you, yeah. have, a, you have a reporter, and I'm going to play this bite. Alema Harrington's going to join us here in, a, in just a moment. But I want to play this bite one more time because if you're just tuning in the show and I see everybody here, um, I, I just I, I look at this exchange that George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, had with James Crapia from the Oregonian. It, 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 I just can't believe George said it. I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. It, it's we're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. George, just to follow on what you just said, I think a, a response ago because it caught a lot of people's attention very quickly. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear, that would imply that the deal is done and codified and just you're waiting until after today. I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Yeah, I, I, then why did you bring it up? Yeah, I think it's tough, dude. He walked himself. I just, I yeah. can't, I, 
I just can't believe it. And it's why when you come out of a thing like we were in Dallas at Big 12 Football Media Day last week, flawless. Yeah. You had nobody step on their tongues. Like you had nobody like melt down. And he had a teleprompter in front of him. And he still misspoke about the TV deal. It's amazing. Let's get uh, Alema Harrington. TridayTrading.com presents Alema Harrington on the Monty Show. Alema, like, it, how surprised are you that the Pac-12 finds itself where it is? Is it at all surprising to you? Well, you think of all the missteps that they've had along the way, and so you're, you're not necessarily surprised by it, but but you, you expect the people that are representing your conference to get up there and make statements that make your conference look good. And that did not happen uh, for the PAC 12. And unfortunately for the PAC 12, um, it's been going in the wrong direction for them, which, you know, I I don't know. There's, there's probably some BYU fans that feel good about that because, you know, they're not a part of that and and all of those things. But at the same time, um, you know, those are, opportunities and and especially in a day and age that we live in today where everything is goes viral almost immediately you make those kinds of statements and and you can you got egg on your face and everybody gets to see it I think you know it, it it's funny let me uh, being in Dallas and seeing the the jubilation from the the crew from BYU and and talking to Kalani we had a great conversation with Kalani last week about the importance of this moment in time for BYU. Like, I, I mean, I think it worked out perfectly in all the consternation and all the pressure, the disappointment, the pain, the just the emotional damage at one point that BYU fans and, and people at BYU went through not being able to get into the Pac-12, not being able to after chasing for so long and you still can't get a Big 12 invite. Now it feels like for BYU fans, you played football at BYU you are very close to that program. You know this. I feel like this has worked out perfectly for BYU. And, you know, sometimes the lessons that we learn in life are not easy. And one of those is patience. And uh, at BYU has been patient and they've done their part. You know, you can't just be patient and wait around for the right thing to happen. You've got to actively be participating in the things that you can control. And for BYU, Tom Homo specifically, that means you've got to really, you know, grind to put together a schedule that is appealing and relevant and independence. And then, you know, BYU fans might be, you know, disillusioned thinking, oh, we're independent. We're like Notre Dame, but nobody is Notre Dame. So BYU had a lot of work that had to be done in the era of independence to be able to be at the doorstep, now inside the door of the Big 12. So I give Tom Homo and his crew uh, and Kalani Sitaki and, and even going back to Bronco Mendenhall, all the credit in the world that that they were able to power through independence, which is a, a very difficult task to be able to get to the point where they are now and and not just, you know, be invited into the Big 12, but but as you guys were there, I think you can attest to this, received very well at Big 12, almost like, you know, this was, was meant to be. And it, it, it you know, it, it, it was a long time coming and there's a lot of patience involved, but when you look at where BYU is now, they are ready for this opportunity because it would have been easy to, you know, just try to 
you know, make your way in independence and then you stay independent for the rest of your, your lives and nothing ever happens because you, you haven't earned it. Now, BYU has earned this opportunity and I think that they are prepared and ready. I'm not going to say to make a splash in the Big 12. It's going to take some time and there's going to be some patience still uh, on the horizon for BYU and BYU fans. But the, the anticipation has been palpable and I was part of this you know, big countdown to the Big 12 with BYU that was live streamed and on their social media. And, and we had you know, thousands that were present going into midnight as the, you know, the official membership you know, took place. And just the excitement surrounding all of that. And then everything that I was able to observe from uh, Big 12 media days. And you think about all the years right, of this, this independence where you're doing your own media day and you're not part of a conference to be able to execute it the way that they did uh, at big, the, the big 12 in Texas and this, this, you know, this conference that has, has opened their arms and really welcomed BYU in. But that's only because in my opinion, BYU is deserving of that. And now you, know, you got to prove it on the field, but BYU has prepared themselves well. Well, and I don't even think it's about sports. It's about the fact that, you have Cosmo, the best mascot in, in all of college sports. And I think it's finally time that we stop talking about football and we start talking about this great mascot who was a home run, <laughs> Alema. He was – and I, Jake, you were there yeah. too. He was the hit of a Big 12. Like the other Cougars chasing him around. Houston. Like, Yeah, it was – you're exactly right that there was an excitement across the conference. Everybody we had on the show last week, from UCF to – I mean, you, you name it, everybody, Baylor, like they were all talking about, hey, BYU, BYU, mm -hmm. BYU, like the history, the tradition and all of that. But I don't know. I, I think one of the other things real quick I want to ask you about is Kalani Sataki. As we talked to Alema Harrington, thanks to our friends at TryDayTrading.com. And before I ask you about Kalani, uh, I know you're a tremendous advocate. I know you know the programs in and out at TryDayTrading.com. Why is TryDayTrading.com such a great opportunity for everybody watching this show right now? Well, I got to tell you, you know, my family and I were just uh, overseas and we we're on a trip. And one of the interesting things that hit me was um, the strength of the dollar overseas right now, which is not great. Um, and the, the things that you can actively be participating in and people wonder sometimes when we're talking about day trading, what does that mean? And we're talking about Forex. And so we're talking about foreign exchange. And, and that's a big part of the things that I'm involved with. And you know, some people get very anxious when it comes to what's going on with the financial world. And the good news, in my opinion, with Triday Trading is the things that they're able to teach you to do kind of relieve that anxiety and that stress that, that surrounds what's going on in the monetary markets. Because when things are, are volatile in the monetary markets, it's actually a good thing for day traders because they're in and out and they're making deals. And so you're able to capitalize on what otherwise would be a turbulent time. And so that just struck me while I was, you know, overseas understanding too, that if you are somebody that is day trading. So for me, all I need is a Wi-Fi connection and I can be at work, whether it's for an hour or a couple of hours a day, if I'm at home, obviously, you know, the hours are a little bit different and you can get up in the morning and do this before your regular job. If you're transitioning and you can have it start to replace some of your income and then get to the point where it 
it becomes your main source of income. But e even if it's like I got a vacation fund or I got I need to, to you know, get some extra money to pay for my cars or my mortgage. These are things that are very doable with TridayTrading.com. And I talk about it all the time. And the, the, the interesting thing, I think, for, for me with TridayTrading.com is that you can try the program for 30 days for just a $10 donation. That's a donation. Now, you're, you got some skin in the game, but it's not going in Triday Trading's pockets. That is going to a designated charity on a monthly basis. And it, all, all you do is, is commit $10 and you have access to all of the resources for 30 days. And you may hear something that I say and think, you know what, I, I'm interested enough to go to the website, TridayTrading.com, maybe watch a couple of videos there and pique my interest and then get on to a coaching call. These are all things that are very doable. And the only thing that is required of you is going to be a willingness to put some work in and a $10 donation. So if, you, if you're hearing me talk about this, and many have heard me talk about it over and over, and sometimes it takes, you know, a number of different times. And finally, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to jump on that website and check it out. I encourage you to do that. That's the same thing that I did. I heard about it doing some radio stuff. And I was doing a, a live remote at Triday Training. And I met Ryan Van Dorn, who was one of the principals there. And, and it just made sense to me. And all I had to do was explore it and then get connected with coaches. And a, a person like me who's not, you know, mathematically inclined, or even financially inclined for that matter, was able, I was able to understand and grasp with the help of my coach who, who worked with me personally to help me understand what we were doing, how we were doing, understanding the vocabulary, all of those things you can do in 30 days. And all it's going to take is a $10 donation to TridayTrading.com and you are on your way. And the beautiful thing about it, again, in my opinion, is they are so confident in this program, the proprietary software and the coaching that you will get, that you are going to be successful, that they are going to fund an account for you to trade, and you will keep up to 80% of what you make. That, that's a deal that, that I, I can't think of anywhere else that they are that confident in their product. And for good reason, because I've been involved with this now going on five years. They're confident because this thing works. Yeah. And all you have to do is take a step, $10 to see yeah. what your future can be. Hook it up at TridayTrading.com. And like Alema said, just go watch some videos. If you're skeptics, don't take his word. Don't take my word for it. I tell you about yeah. it every day. Go watch some videos and make a decision for $10 in a charitable donation. Go see what your future can be. Speaking of futures, let me ask you about Kalani Sataki because one of the most powerful conversations we had was with Kalani when he was talking about the turbulation, the tribulation and the turbulence he had this offseason, massive mm -hmm. changes on the coaching staff. And he talked about how those are friends of mine. And I think about their families and I think about their kids and I think about their careers. And he said, I know it had to be done because BYU and the fan base, they deserve our everything being the best and everything that we can do. And I just think it speaks to the character of Kalani Sataki, and I think that's exactly why he is, if there is such a thing, the perfect fit as the football coach at mm -hmm. BYU. Yeah, I said this uh, on that uh, big countdown show that we had for the Big 12, that the, 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 the pieces were in place for this to happen. Number one being Tom Homo, needing that athletics director to be at the helm going from 
Mountain West Conference into independence, independence into everything that you experienced, not getting invited to the Pac-12, and then finally, you know, the invitation being extended from the Big 12. But he was a necessary personality to, to make this transition. Secondly, Kalani Sataki is the man for this job. And he had to make some very hard decisions. And Jay Hill being added to this coaching staff that makes he makes the decision a little bit easier. I had the good pleasure uh, and honor of, of covering Jay Hill's career at Weber State as their head coach and the things that he did both as a head coach and a defensive coordinator. He is the right fit for BYU at this time. That doesn't mean that that decision uh, of letting Tuiaki go was any easier, especially with the personal relationships that Kalani Satake has with, with Tuiaki and his family. But that being said, uh, you know, things were necessary for this to happen and for them to be ready for the Big 12. And I think Jay Hill is a big part of that. Yeah, it's exciting because when you have somebody that's got, and the right word is courage, and I know everybody's going to say I'm shining Kalani or whatever, that was a courageous move. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you let go of a personal friend and you played football. I mean, you know the relationships and the the intimacy that you build in friendships when you play together and you live to you essentially live your life together. Like you when you coach, you're in those rooms and you are grinding together to yeah. say, to have that kind of courage. I don't think we should overlook that because to look a man in the eye and say, hey, you know, essentially right now, you're just not good enough. This is not good enough. We're not good enough. I've got to make a change with you, man. Yeah. That takes and a lot of, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do with that personal relationship that you're talking about and, and football, you know, you become a family and, and beyond the, the, the relative relationship, speaking of family, you know, with, with Kalani and Tuiaki, as far as that is concerned, but beyond that, right. The, the, the blood, sweat and tears, that bring and bond, you know, people together in the game of football, uh, a very challenging and courageous. I would agree with you. It's a courageous move to, to be able to, to look, you know, one of your best friends in the eye and say, Hey man, we've got to go a different direction. And you give Tuiaki credit because he handled it with, with great grace uh, and, and did a, a fine job while he was at BYU and then understood that it was time to go a different direction. And so those things are difficult and necessary and those are the the places in our lives where and this is why i love athletics so much because there's mm-hmm. so many lessons that we learn right in the game of life that are taught to us by the game of football or whatever sport you might relate this to and and one of those is is having to make those difficult um decisions and it, it takes courage it takes faith to to be able to to move forward in, in that regard and so I give credit to everybody involved in, in how that transpired and Kalani at the helm. And, and I agree, Kalani is the guy. He is the guy. And I felt this way. And I've known Kalani for a long time, and both as a player when I covered him at BYU and then our families are close. And, mm-hmm. and my father and Kalani's father were very close. I, I ran into Kalani's dad uh, at a football camp and, and we talked about our, you know, my father. And, and there's, those relationships uh, are, are deep, right? And so I've always had an affinity for Kalani, but beyond that, if I'm just looking, trying to do this, you know, without, you know, a bias of some sort, which is is difficult to do. But if I'm trying to do that, Kalani is the right man for this position, not just because of, of the kind of coach he is, but beyond that, his history with BYU and his preparation in the process to be where he is today. 
Yeah, and by the way, the the last thing I'll say is I the the player interview that was most impressive to me, and we did a bunch. There was a corner at Texas that was amazing, but Keaton Slovis, the quarterback at BYU, there's just something about that dude. He's got an aura about him. He's got a presence about him, and you would expect that from a quarterback from SC Pitt. And now the guy that's going to be the starting quarterback at BYU, you would certainly expect that. Mm-hmm. Keaton Slovis, he has something about him, Alema, that's just, and I don't know how much you've talked to him, but he's a guy that's just got that little it about him. Yeah, and it's the it factor. And that's not something that you can necessarily coach or teach. Guys are born with that. And um, uh, BYU being in the position that they were in, right, to be able to attract the talent like Slovis and bring him to BYU. And you, you take a look at, at BYU's roster right now. We're talking about 20-plus guys that are coming out of the transfer portal that are going to be a, be a major part of this program this year. It's wild. Um, you, you have to be able to have something um, both on the field and off the field at Brigham Young University that is going to attract people like that. And sometimes, you know, you, you wonder, like, how are we – you might sit there and wonder, like, how are we able to pull this thing off? And, and, and you get a quarterback like Slovis to come into the program. I think that that, in some regards, is the way that BYU feels. But on the other side, I think that Slovis feels very fortunate to be in the situation that he's in, which is, right, that's the marriage made in heaven right there when you have both parties that feel like, man, this is a great deal. Yeah, and without Keaton Slovis, you probably don't keep Cody Epps. And without Cody Epps, you probably don't keep Keaton Slovis. So, yeah. There's absolutely synergy there. Alema, always yeah. good to see you. Alema Harrington presented by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Uh, Alema, have a great weekend, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thank you. Always good to be with you. There you go. Alema Harrington. Love talking football with that, dude. Yes, sir. And it, it is. He's exactly right. There is a certain energy. And for those of you who don't know, uh, for our national audience, BYU had an event on the last day of June leading up to midnight of July 1st. And they had people at the stadium, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, like that. They, it was a happening. And the fan base is lit. The fan base is excited, engaged. And they always are. BYU fans are fantastic. They watch TV. They travel to games. They spend money on BYU football. Like, it's amazing. But, yeah, but what Alema talked about right there, the excitement, the energy, you can feel it in the community. You can feel it in the BYU community. We certainly felt it with the, the folks from BYU that were at Big 12 Media Day. So I think the conference is forever changed. And you look at what happened in the, at Pac-12 Media Day today, and, the, and I, I don't want to get too dramatic about it. I, I truly do not want to get too right. dramatic about it. But it did not go well for George Klyovkov. Right. There, there's just if you just read the the reviews, you you read the people talking about his exchange with James Crapia from the Oregonian. You you just look at these conversations, and then you replay Big Twelve Media Days in your mind, and you recognize the different level that the the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big Twelve are playing on. Yeah, and I know I'm a Big Twelve homer, Big Twelve ain't on. I, I, I thought you were a Pac-12 yeah, guy. I'm the asshole. I totally get it. But if you look, if you look at this, this is why the Pac-12 is so far below. Yeah, so far below the other four, and I include the ACC in that. The Pac-12 is at the bottom of the ladder because of this buffoon running this conference, mm-hmm. and George Klyovkov. And the presidents absolutely have accountability in this. But today, George, you let this conference down. 
Today, George, you let the fan base down. You let your constituents in the conference down. And uh, most of all, you made an ass of yourself. Right. Because you looked unprepared. And there's, there's in sports, we usually find ourselves, you're either, you're, 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 you're either here or you're there. It's very black and white. You're either incompetent or you were ill-prepared. And, dude, I hope you were not ill-prepared. So all I can think is you're incompetent because you don't make the mistake. And again, I'll play the bite if you're just tuning into the show today. And by the way, I see we have over a thousand comments waiting to be read. I promise you I am coming to you next. But I want to play this bite because I think what we saw at Pac-12 Media Day today was, was just horrendous. Here is the exchange that Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov had with James Crapia, the the reporter from the Oregonian, talking about the Pac-12 TV deal. I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. We're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. George, just to follow on what you just said, I think a, a response ago, because it caught a lot of people's attention very quickly. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear, that would imply that the deal is done and codified and just you're waiting until after today. I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Oh, dude, bro. And, and I, I really, I truly don't know how to, how to process that any other way than you were either ill-prepared or you're incompetent because nobody asked a question that would force Klyovkov to say that. And I'm not a PR guy. Mm-hmm. I speak for a living. If I was advising George Klyovkov, my message today, especially because I'm in the camp that believes they don't have a deal. Right. I'm in the camp that believes that the call with the president yesterday was simply an update. I don't believe they have a deal. Yeah. If I were advising George Klyovkov, my advice to him would have been, here's what you say. We're not talking about TV deals or media deals today, and those are really important conversations and topics. I get it. But today is 100% about the coaches and players that are – here to talk about their teams and are here to talk about Pac-12 football. Those TV deal conversations are for another day and we're going to have them. I understand you have to ask the questions, guys, but listen, I'm here to talk football today and if you have questions about football, I'm happy to answer those. Yeah. Done. No talking off the top of your head. No free, free-flowing, no none of that. I'm here to talk about football today, and man, those TV deal conversations and media rights deals, those are really important. (laughs) But we're here to focus on football today. Because when you say things like, I am on purpose not announcing, notice he didn't say, I'm on purpose not talking about. Yeah, yeah. Again, listen to this first sentence. I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. We're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want... We're not announcing the new media deal on purpose today. So you have a new media deal. 
Oh, no, we don't. Well, no, you're reading too much. I think that he tries to overcomplicate things Man. too much. I, 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 honestly, he overtalks it. No improvisation. Improvision. Improvisation. Improvisation. It's Friday. Yeah. Uh, no, no improv. No talking off the top of your head, dude. Here's a te- And I'd put his ass on a teleprompter. That's why I said I don't have a problem with George being on a teleprompter. He is not a gifted speaker. He is not a gifted order. And that's exactly why. Yeah. So less of me, more of you. Appreciate all of your comments. Um, let's see. Um, just a rowdy dude gives us $5. Say the $400 million loss the Pac-12 delivered to Fox won't go away and cast a long, dark shadow over the media rights negotiation. Absolutely could be. MJ Bissett gives us $10 to say, would it help negotiations with the media if Pac-12 signed an equal revenue sharing grant of rights for seven-year period independent? Making a deal with a group that appears fractured is dubious. I, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that. I truly don't think you can do that. Uh, it, nobody, because you lose all your leverage in that case. Yeah. You lose all your leverage. Alex Larson had the blood raz today Boom. much better than Miami. Really? Okay. Really? Hot you're taking? You're taking blood raz over Miami. Wow. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, just a rowdy dude from South Carolina. Tony Altimore's list for college football fan base is different. I've not seen that list. I have not seen that list in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, most of most of dudes' lists are different. Yeah. I, I And again, I don't know. Everybody brings up Tony's name. I shouldn't say everybody. Occasionally, his name comes up on the show. I don't know him. I don't know what he does. But, hey. If he has a different list, I'm sure it's great. And if you'd like to pay us to bring up his name, we're fine with that. Yeah. Uh, Steve Spenlove's the newest member of the show. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Fish Friday strong. Uh, Joseph Melendez. It's a shame. I was sure they'd announce a TV deal today in honor of uh, the second FNF. FNF. Okay. I could be okay, lost. Okay, let's pull out the Google machine here. F N F. You know. Um I don't know what that means. Uh <laughs> I'm probably Friday night Funkin'. Okay. That's a a game thing, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know. What's that? MJ Bassett. I meant Pac twelve should sign a revenue sharing grant of rights before negotiating with media partners. No, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. I MJ, I just don't think that that I think that as a member of the conference, that would be suicide. Because then you're saying, hey, we'll take the deal. Yeah. And you're trusting a guy like George Klyovkov to do that. I would not. And B, I think if George goes to a media partner, I think it probably helps him negotiate, but it doesn't help him get more money. Yeah. I think it would help him make a deal. Hey, all my schools are in line. I have the power to execute right now. Okay, cool. Pay us five. We'll pay you $5 a, a school. They're going to come in low. Yeah. That'd be the issue that I'd have with it. Alex Larson, this is uh, outright existential for the pack. If they lose one member, they can't hold a championship. If they lose three, they lose autonomous stat- uh, autonomy status. It, it, and again, there's that word that I use, existential. Yeah. A crisis of existence. Yeah. That's what it is. It, yeah. I think that's the exact right word. I think that's why this expansion question is so significant, and I wish – Somebody had asked George about it. Like, what when you say 
We are absolutely not expanding until a deal is done. Why is that? Regarding potential expansion, while we have already done the due diligence on expanding, expansion candidates many months ago and significantly narrowed our focus to a handful of schools, our sequence remains unchanged. First, we will conclude our media rights deals. Then our schools will sign our grant of rights, which has already been negotiated. And only then will we decide on potential expansion. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. Because you want to talk about helping yourself in a, in a deal. And Alex, I think you're exactly right. This being an existential crisis. Yeah. You want to help yourself negotiate a deal. Don't, don't you... Don't you go with expand? I mean, I, I mean, would think you, notice, you would want more market share. You notice that the grant of rights allegedly got, uh, you know, the revenue sharing and the grant of rights side of the situation allegedly is handled already. Well, who handles that? This yeah. is an important point. The president's yeah, totally handled agree. that, right? Uh, and- yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Certainly. Um, let's see. Jeremy Callahan, super chat at a big 12 slant. Hey, man. Could be. Nate Davis, I see Arizona, Oregon, Washington, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, Louisville, Pitt, San Diego State, Big 12. And what did you guys think of Kyle Winningham's comments today? I think Kyle is phenomenal. I, I think he's exactly right to say that, hey, I don't want to be, we don't want to be out front. We don't want to be, you know. Kyle Winningham is very consistent in the way he, he very views consistent. his program and the way he wants to run things. And I think... I would expect nothing less. I would expect nothing different, you know, yeah. for better or for worse. Absolutely. I think I, I just I'm Kyle Whittingham is, in my opinion, still one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Yeah. Without a doubt. LB Seminole, how are you? I'm a I'm a blue Raz rocket pop bucked up fan myself. Okay. Okay. Wow, dude. I, maybe I'm missing out. Rocket Pop's been getting some love the last few days. It has, but I, the white gummy bear, man. I'm telling you, Truck Stop Gumby says my list is different too. Okay. <laughs> Vincent Paterno. Groucho and Huxley want to join the pack, or is George against it? Horse feathers. Okay. Okay. okay great. Yeah. Wow. Vorlon Angel. Tony Altimore, aka Chartman. What is Chartman? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know what that means. I, I don't we're know. We're not well versed on Yeah, we're dude, not I'm well not, versed. Not. I no, because everybody starts calling us arrogant when I say, "Hey, we don't watch other shows. We don't just like we're just working on our little YouTube show." It man. was great. Like at Big Twelve Football Media Days, it was great to meet everybody. So many people came up to us and said, "Hey, we watch your show." And to see the guy, like we were right across from um, Sikkim Three Sixty Five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. You know, to meet to meet those guys, and it was great to see everybody. It was, but uh, there were. I mean, there are just so many people that do that do charts or I, flow yeah, charts, flow charts, you know, Shots. Uh, Saul better call Saul. Yeah. The poor man can't afford a comment. Yeah. You guys need to step it up. <laughs> it's not how it is on this show. I thought Tanner Plummer, I thought FNF was Friday night at Freddy's. Yeah, I don't know, man. I wish it was Friday night at Freddy's. Kurt Peters, how are you? What? No deal today? I'm shocked. Just shocked. There's my guy, Kurt. Big day for you yesterday, bro. You going to follow it up with another good one today? Yeah, you had yourself a hell of a day yesterday. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you. By you, the way, how are we feeling? We still a little sore? What's the deal? What? I don't remember. Oh, because of the, the yeah, snippage. Yeah. 
Buddy got That's snipped. right. Buddy got snipped. The yeah. boys, he had the boys, yeah, the boys get clipped. You know, it's just yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see about that. I don't know. Uh, Nick uh, Jones, Brett McMurphy's tweet. Which one? Uh, his latest tweet, twenty three minutes ago. Pac twelve commissioner George Klyovkov told B Marcello, who's Brandon Marcello, national college football reporter for two four seven. League's remaining members will not leave the conference, but would not specify if the Pac-12's media rights deal will match or exceed the Big 12's. I'm not going to tell you where our media deals uh, are coming in. It will be enough for them to all sign their grant of rights. That's important kind of milestone. That's the important kind of milestone. Well, this is certainly new news. Um, Now, you guys know on this show we would never tell you I told you so. You, you know, know that humble fat ass would never. You, you would know, never, we, never, you know, dude. We want your feelings. People are misinterpreting what I'm saying. We don't ever want you to understand just how superior we are in the DNA chain. Right. I should stop. Um, anybody want to go ahead and? Do themselves a favor and read the last quoted sentence. I'm not going to tell you where our media deals are coming in, meaning money. It will be enough. It will be enough. It will be enough Uh for them to all sign their grant of rights. Now. 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 Here on the Monty program otherwise known as the shit show. Well said. Uh, we've been telling you that the number's 25 million. Right. 24.99 million or less, you're going to lose two teams. $25 million or more, you're going to keep all 10 of them. That's the number we've been told by sources in the conference. Yeah. So you have George Klyovkov, the commissioner, saying... It will be enough for them to all sign the grant of rights. I don't know where you guys have heard that before. By the way, he also said um, he wouldn't he wouldn't specify if the Pac-12's media rights deal will match or exceed the Big 12's 31.7 million per school. Uh, that's because there's not a chance in the world, in my opinion, based on what we have been told, that he will get anywhere near that. No. Not a chance in the world nah. will he get anywhere near that. And I think, and I don't mind tooting my own horn, as many of you are going to say I don't mind. But we've told you this for 10 months. The number that we have heard repeatedly is $19.7 million. I have told you that this league and its presidents, the 10 remaining presidents, will not go beyond 50% streaming. They want at least their tier one and two on on linear television. I want it. ESPN, whoever. We have told you repeatedly that it's going to be very difficult for this conference to get anywhere near 31.7 million. I think they will... They will in my opinion, come in at 20. And if that happens, I think it's going to be a very bad week for this conference. Right. Because in my opinion, 
There, I, I, and I point to Colorado. I think Colorado is the most likely one to say, yeah, no, we're going to roll now. Thank you. Because you can have your most ardent supporters of the Pac-12. And they will tell you repeatedly, nobody would ever leave this conference. With all due respect. The truth on that is nobody wants to leave the conference. Mm-hmm. They will leave the conference. Colorado, in my opinion, if it comes in at 20, is going to go ahead and take the 31.7 from the Big 12. Pack this thing up. We're out of here. If it comes in at 20, Arizona is going to go ahead and take the 31.7 million from the Big 12. And after that, I don't know what happens because mm-hmm. the thing that I fear for the Pac-12 is if you lose those two schools, I think you're going to lose the four in the north. I do. I think you're going to lose those four northern schools, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. I think they're gone. And I because I, it just makes too much sense that at $20 million, Washington State doesn't have an athletic program. They don't have an athletic department. They cannot afford to exist at $20 million a year. Thanks. They're in a hole right now yeah. because they're already not receiving, but by some estimations, 55 to 60% of the, the maximum revenue because of things like, hey, got to pay Comcast. Oh, by the way, the Holiday Bowl is suing everybody and their brother. <laughs> right? you're, you're hemorrhaging money. Oh, by the way, Washington State's probably going to settle this Rolovich lawsuit. Going to have to pay that. Oh, by the way, your staff and your faculty, by some reports, had a revolt a couple of weeks ago because they're tired of the blank check in athletics. And who can blame them? So if this if this does not come in at $25 million or more, you're going to lose a couple of these teams, which well, is which – is, Going to start the the domino effect we always hear about. Well, and I think the other side of it too is like once once a couple of teams leave the conference, right? Like let the first two, let's say, the other conferences are going to get hungry, right? What have we heard on the conference side of it? Your mark and 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 everybody has essentially said, hey, we don't want to be seen as the Raiders of the Pac-12. We don't want to be seen as 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 pillaging the Pac-12. But if if two schools leave. And then there's instability, or I guess more instability, because I believe there's a lot of instability in the conference right now. But if there's that additional level of instability, then that kind of, you know, gives these other conferences a green light to go hunting, in my opinion. That that pick up the phone and start dialing, right? Pick up the phone and call Phil Knight. Pick up the phone and call, you know, Taylor Randall if he doesn't take the Stanford job. Right? Like call these schools. Get them into your conference, and let's get on with getting on. Because I'm telling you, the burnout rate is not just high for us on this show. It, I, at Big 12 Media Days, I trust me, there were some people who mentioned the fact, not publicly, but privately, mentioned the fact that, hey, the Pac-12 thing is is kind of this, this yapping dog, this barking dog that continues to just kind of keep going down the road it's going down. And at some point, that's going to stop. At some point... There is going to be an end one way or the other. And yeah, I do hope the Pac-12 continues because I do think they have some of the best real estate in the country. And I think that matters. L.A. is a hell of a lot different than Norman, right? L.A. is a hell of a lot different than, you know, whatever other Midwestern or East Coast city you want to point out. And I just think when you have that luxury, the conference, as you always say, deserves a lot better. They do. 
That's the and that's the thing that I really struggle with. This conference, in my opinion, has been underserved since its existence because of the lack of leadership and the lack of what it really comes down to for me is the balls to make the right decision. Yeah. Somebody needs to show the courage and the the chutzpah to say, hey, Larry Scott, we're not flying private jets in Vegas anymore. We're not paying for a lease in downtown San Francisco. I'm trying to figure out how to fund my athletic department, not fund your lease in downtown San Francisco, your penthouse in Vegas, and your private jet to get there. At some point, somebody's got to have the balls to say anyone and everyone connected to this Comcast deal is terminated today. Yeah. I I just, it's amazing to me. Yeah. The mistakes that have been made in this conference. It's crazy. Uh, Cougar Tracks gives us $2 to say the Monty and Jake show. Best show going. Thank you. No, thank you. We appreciate you guys being here. OG Gary says super conferences are inevitable. Just bend the knee already. Well, well, I hope not. I really do. John Crowder, Colorado may turn out to be a one hit wonder under prime. So should the big 12 pursue them for a new member? Well, I don't think Deion Sanders can hop after a year uh, because one, he's going to win three or four games this year Mm -hmm. Two, I think he knows he needs a solid five year run. He either stays there five years or he wins the conference three times in five years and he's out. That I could see happening. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. This league is too deep and too good. Mm-hmm. So if it's if these 10 members stay together, Dion's going to have a very steep hill to climb to get to the top of the conference. Yeah. So I think he will be in Boulder for five years minimum. I think Dion knows better than that. I, I truly do. Mm. I think he I think he knows he knows better than that. Um, let's see. Shooter, Texas. ESPN gave the Big 12 a hunting license with that pro rata clause. That right there speaks to how much they want the Pac-12 to stay together. Well, that's that's an interest. Nobody's ever said that. Yeah. I think that's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I think they did give them a hunting license. Look, I, the reality of the situation is, and you know, the Pac-12 has been suffering in large part because they're just not in the big picture as relevant as these other conferences are. And again, I'm, I, I, I will die on the hill of... It goes back to you're on the West Coast, not the East Coast. Correct. You you are people have to go out of their way to watch your product. That's it's, right. It's not just a comfortable thing. Now, for all of our West Coast folks or even Mountain Time folks, you know this better than anyone. All you have to do is wake the hell up like you normally do, get your coffee, go about your day, and then, you know, roll up at one o'clock and your favorite game is on. That's not how it works for East Coasters. They have to put an effort to view that product. And that's why I say if you're ESPN, it does incentivize you to merge, to bring the to bring a conference together that merges the Midwest and the West Coast together so you don't have a choice anymore. The thing I miss about living in the Pacific time zone, by which I mean Arizona. Right. Um, <laughs> the thing I miss about living in the Pacific time zone is, dude, you wake up on Saturday morning and they're playing football already. Yeah. Flip on the TV and you you've got a Big Ten game. You've got an ACC football yeah. game. Like that's the beauty of being in the Pac-12, and not uh, will that continue? Certainly, it will for somebody, but will it be the Pac-10? Because I think this comment right here, you guys, I think this tweet is a big deal. I think this tweet is a big deal, and I think when you look at this tweet and you see that he, he what happened to the bloviation, dude? 
What happened to the $500 million a year? What um, happened to the $40, $50 million that all of the, the, the flagship stations in this conference were running out there? You flip on Bill Riley in, in Salt Lake City, and, well, we're getting $50 million a year. Yep. You, you, you <clears throat> flip on you know, ESPN 710 in, in Los Angeles, and it's $40 million a year for the Pac-12 TV deal. Buddy up north, $50 million a year. What happened? Yeah, Mr. Radio Wizard saying that the, the Pac-12 is going to get $50 million a year. Maybe it happens. Anybody believe it's going to happen when George Klyovkov is, is talking to 247 Sports and simply refuses to validate that his conference is going to be on par with the Big 12? You know how bad Brett, or, uh, uh, George Klyovkov wants to just slurp his conference and say, we're the best conference of champions, 50 a year. Like, if they had it, he would be saying it. If you had a $50 million juggernaut media rights deal, yes, they would be out here evangelizing, dude. Yes. But they're not because they don't. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. I absolutely agree with that. And I I just, this is, this is why it's so difficult, man. This is why it's so difficult. The Monty Show uh, bringing you the biggest stories in sports. Presented by our friends at BladeHQ.com, BladeHQ.com. Whether you need a daily carry, whether you're looking for a collector's piece, BladeHQ.com delivers you the best knives from the best knife makers. Go check them out. Their website is unbelievable. Every single day at BladeHQ.com, they deliver you the deal of the day. They have an unbelievable sales section. And the best part about BladeHQ.com, there's nothing worse than shopping online somewhere and you're like, yeah, man, I cannot wait to get that collector's knife. I got it at bladehq.com. And six weeks later, you're like, hey, customer service. That's not how it works at bladehq.com. You buy at bladehq.com and it's at your door quick because they built their own website. And I don't mean Jimmy and graphic design. You got that website running already. It's not what they did at bladehq.com. I was going to make a Pac-12 funding reference, but I'm passed on that opportunity. <laughs> At BladeHQ.com, they built their own platform. They built their own software. They programmed the whole website. And all of it, every single moment that they spent doing that was all about the best user experience possible. It's easy to shop over 15,000 different knives in stock at BladeHQ.com. And by the way, if you're a hunter, if you're a fisherman, if you're an outdoorsman and you need everything from batons, again, knives, Blades, Leatherman tools, clothing, hats, lanterns, you name it. They've got it. Everything you need in one place at BladeHQ.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. I think the biggest story in sports, without a doubt, is this situation with the uh, the Pac-12 today. Um, but I also, think, I also think now this Brett McMurphy tweet... Um, in the one-on-ones that George Klyovkov has done today, and I don't think, by the way, I think it would have been surprising if nothing came on about the about the one-on-one interviews that George Klyovkov was doing. Because, again, you almost expect George to pull the pin on a, on a grenade and put it in his pocket, mm-hmm. right? Like, you expect him to blow yeah. himself up in one-on-one interviews. Yeah. Which is why he so rarely does them unless it's with his friends. And people he knows will let, allow him to carry out hit pieces. Back to the envelope calculations. But on days like big, 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 big event days, 
Pac-12 Football Media Day where he has to take questions and he has to work one-on-one, bad news is inevitable to happen. So I look at this, this tweet that is from Brett McMurphy, Action Network. He's talking about Brandon Marcello from 247 Sports. George Klyovkov told Marcello the league's remaining members will not leave the conference. So George said today that poaching from the Big 12 is a non-issue because nobody's leaving the conference. But would not specify if the Pac-12's media rights deal will match or exceed the Big 12's. And the interesting part about that is all George has been saying is bigger, better, bigger. We're going to be third. Yeah, it's, we're going past them. And it's like, you know, we are hoo-hoo. Now all of a sudden you're not saying that anymore. And you won't talk about who your TV partners are because today is all about football. Unless you're talking to Mr. Marcello and all you're talking about, it appears, is the TV deal that hasn't been announced today. Right. He also said, I'm not going to tell you where our media rights deals are coming in, money-wise, it will be enough for them, the members, to all sign their grant of rights. Like right there. That, that's what I'm talking about. It will be enough for them to sign? That doesn't sound very positive, George. That sounds like a get-me-over. That sounds like, yeah, man, wow. Um, dude, yeah, we've got enough to pay rent, but, you know, and that's enough for us to keep our place, but... We're not getting, oh my God, we're we're floating in it. We're, we're sleeping in piles of cash, bro. That's what we were getting. And that's why I think this tweet is such a departure from what George was saying. Yeah. It's a clear change in messaging. Yeah, and I think you listen to some of the things that George Klyovkov said, you know, to, to open up uh, Pac-12 football media days today, like him talking about the TV deal. Before I finish my remarks... Let me provide you with an update on our media rights negotiation and our approach to considering expansion. I know there's been never-ending speculation about the timing of our media deals, but in the end, we're on track to announce our deals at about the same time as everyone would have anticipated and predicted before the news of conference realignment. The PAC-12 Board of Directors has met regularly throughout the process and has been united in their commitment to one another and to the Pac-12, and this commitment and patience will be rewarded with an announcement in the near future. Getting the right deal has always been important, more important to, the, to our board and to the conference than getting the expeditious one. So one of the things I want you to pay attention to is the difference in delivery. And I'm going to play this bite from Brett Yormark on SiriusXM um, doing an interview last week at Big 12 Football Media Days. I want you to look at the lighting. I want you to look at the suit, the presentation, and the ease with which Brett Yormark speaks. The media market today isn't what it was when we did our deal in the fall. And I am just so thrilled that we got our deal done early because I'm not sure if I didn't do that deal then, that that deal exists today. You know, there's an opportunity cost to chasing a deal. You know, if I was right. in the, if I had been in the market all year chasing a deal, all the things that we talked about earlier and right. I addressed yesterday wouldn't have happened, because I would have been, I'd, I would have had a singular focus on one thing. The fact that we were able to get that thing done early, and in 90 days, gave us the latitude 
and the ability to chase all the other things we're doing now. So we, we, we really leveraged that moment uh, to the extent that we could, and it's built incredible mom momentum for us. I mean, you, you look at the just stylistically, friends. Yes. The confidence, the ease. Look how bright the room was. Oh, that's right. It was on the floor at AT&T Stadium in, in Tarrant County, Texas. Tarrant County, where the humidity is 8,000%. That's a cherry world. So the lighting's better. That's that's a that's got to be a three three to five thousand dollars suit he's wearing. Like he's ready, he's prepared. Got the timepiece on. It, you it, know. And this that that is an interview on Sirius XM Radio, where they're just having a free free flowing conversation, and he makes a revelation. Oh wait, it sounded like a revelation. It wasn't. He prepared that comment. He executed that comment. He didn't stumble on himself. He wasn't reading. Brett Yormark took a direct shot at the Pac-12 in that statement, and he executed it with lethality. Like, there was no doubt. Yeah. Hey, if I'd have been in the market for the last year, I couldn't have done all the things I've done. That's a direct shot at the Pac-12. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. And it's well-delivered in a bright, massive, crown jewel of a stadium where you just signed a five-year extension with the Dallas Cowboys and AT&T Stadium where you're going to have your pro day for the entire conference. You're going to have your conference championship game for the next five years. You're going to have your Big 12 football media days there for the next five years. And the entire world showed up. And I'm telling you, you listen to these bites from George Klyovkov, is he, is he at all as impressive as the well-prepared, dressed to the nines and executing flawlessly brought your mark. Regarding potential expansion, while we have already done the due diligence on expanding expansion candidates many months ago and significantly narrowed our focus to a handful of schools, our sequence remains unchanged. First, we will conclude our media rights deals. Then our schools will sign our grant of rights, which has already been negotiated. And only then will we decide on potential expansion. It's night and day. It's night and day. And I can tell you that, because again, not to keep saying it, we were there for two days in Dallas last week. Yeah. Brett Yormark was asked repeatedly, hey, are you poaching teams? Hey, are you poaching teams? Hey, have you talked to teams? When are you going to expand? Hey, what's going on? Are you going after the Pac-12? Repeatedly. And what did he say over and over and over again? I'm not doing that. I'm not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Let's talk about football. I'm not talking about that. Repeatedly. Not, no, I'm not. Not, I'm not talking about that. No, I'm not. I'm not talking. Let's talk about football. I'm not talking about that. Well, and I, and I love the fact that he kicked off Media Day by controlling the narrative, right? Yes. I mean, in his opening statement, Brett Yormark said, hey, I want to clarify what I meant by the Big 12 is open for business. Yes. And then went on to say, hey, what I meant by that was not that we're going to go, you know, rummaging through other conferences or we're trying to poach teams. What I meant is that, hey, the Big 12 is now open for business. We want to look at opportunities, you know, uh, uh, you know. And then he Mexico ran off Mexico, and, Rucker Park. Yeah, like, and... like all these different things. And I think 
That's that's what he just does better. And and it's probably unfair to compare a Lamborghini to a Honda, but that's what we're forced to do because, you know, George over here wants to step up on the dais and make an idiot of himself. Like, we don't have a choice here. So it's just unfortunate, and it begs the question, and, and, and it racks everyone's mind, hey, if the Pac-12 had a competitor to Brett Yormark, what would this? What would the landscape look like? If you had been able to hire a Tony Petiti. Yeah. If you had been able to go out and get a dominant force, what would that look like? Go get Kevin Warren instead of letting him go to the Chicago Bears. Zachary Thornton gives us $10 to say arrogance once again takes down the proud. It always does. Facts, dude. It always Man, does. Man, that is well said. Steven Smith gives us $20 to say, how about Big 12 Rucker Park going this past week while the Pac-12 was still floundering for a deal if there was one uh, going to happen? Rocker Park's a home run for the Big 12. So let me get this right. You knock, by all accounts, you knock Big 12 media days out of the park, right? Crush it. No, Damn well knowing that Pac-12 media day is coming up. And let me get this right. You scheduled Rucker Park in that event to essentially not compete, but essentially be a thing that your media team at the conference could just hammer. And then what do I get in my Twitter feed? BYU. Right, putting out all this video about oh, our basketball head coaches with little kids, and they're all you know they're in this beautiful Rucker Park, and you know, and and, and then all these other schools that I have in my Twitter feed. Look at our coach and our guy, like dude, they just understand it. And once again, I think the umbrella point on the whole conversation today: what's the positive note coming out of Pac-12 Media Days? Give me one positive, because I can't think of one. At the conference level. Now, SC and Lincoln or Kyle Whittingham, okay, okay, sure, sure. But at the conference level, what is the positive note? Because I can't think of one right now. Yeah, and if you look at all the national uh, college football writers, guys like Stuart Mandel's top tweet, what I learned, Stuart Mandel, the editor-in-chief of college football at The Athletic, what I learned at Pac-12 Media Day, still no sign of an imminent TV deal, but additional players emerged. At least two schools currently oppose any expansion, much less San Diego State, which is exactly what I told you two hours ago. Uh, The concern about Big 12 defections is subsiding. Okay, so that's what we learned from Stuart Mandel. Um, Dan Wolken, uh, who is the national columnist for USA Today, nothing on the the Pac-12, nothing. Heather Dinich. Um, she talks about big 12 poaching teams, quote, not a concern for the PAC 12. That's the, that's her number one, right? Brett McMurphy just told you about this. The, the money not being a point, like you go down the list and you, you look at these guys and you look at Ross Dellinger, Ross Dellinger's not tweeting about the PAC 12. He's tweeting about the NCAA, um, NIL, bill that's floating through Congress in Washington. He's not, he's not talking about the PAC 12 in, in his recent tweet. Yeah. Like you look at all of these and I, I go like, look at a guy like who's John Wilner, who's the best. I think the best media member in the PAC 12 by far. Um, John Wilner's last tweet six hours ago. One notable difference this year at Pac-12 Media Day, strong turnout of ADs compared to last year when most wanted to avoid the press given all the tumult. John Wilner, one of the leading journalists 
That's his tweet. That's one of his ta- like. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Tweeting about uh, Mark Harlan saying, "Quote: Our words and actions speak for themselves. We are a proud member of the Pac-12." Like, do you guys understand that there's no buzz out of this event? Yeah, there, there, there's not. And I, I, I see all of the people in the comments saying I'm just being intentionally negative. I'm not. But I, I look at what Stephen Smith said. How about the Big 12 Rucker Park going on this past week while the Pac-12 was still floundering for a deal if there was one going to happen, and there wasn't one? So for everyone saying that we're being negative in the comments, okay, I'm open to this, right? We'll, we'll be open to this conversation. Help me with the positive. What what am I missing? What, what are we what, missing? What is the positive headline coming out at the conference level? Because, again, no, notice what I said. Hey, there's definitely some positive notes as far as, like, you know, uh, programs are concerned, right? But those are always going to be there, right? SC and Lincoln's always going to be there. You know, Wit up at Utah is always, like, those conversations with, within the individual institutions are always going to be there. What's Media Day is about, or Media Day in this essay? Yeah. It's about the conference and the direction and where the conference is going, and then that is backed up by, hey, we've got Texas and Oklahoma still, or we've got, hey, we've got, you know, K-State's really up and coming, or, you know, like, that, then you can get into teams. We can't just skip over the fact that I don't think there's anything positive at the conference level. Shooter Texas says Big 12 poaching is not a concern for the same guy who said that $50 million was a guarantee. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Christopher Shannon, what about Kenzano's Twitter? We try to stay off of Kenzano's Twitter because it's just – I think John Kenzano has lost any shred of credibility he's ever had. Any shred he's ever had. Um John Canzano, his last tweet. The Pac-12 tried to make media day about football. It was a big lift. It uh, was? It was? Was it really? That Okay. That's great. You know what, man? Uh, it, it, <laughs> that's why, okay. So you guys tell me, and I'll even show you, I'll even screen grab this tweet because I, I don't know, what are we talking about here, man? Yeah, like, what? What are we tight? This is his big, this is his big johnconzano.com. Hey, look at this. Look at this tweet. Look at this tweet. Oh my God. It's amazing. Pac 12 football media day was a home run of the highest order. Holy shit. Who's talking about Pac 12 football? Because I'm looking at all the Pac 12 media members on Twitter and nobody's talking about it. So who here, and, and, and I'm being serious, you look at, well, the wrong hand, you oh, look yeah. at this, and we talk about we, we talk about credibility. Again, we talk about credibility all the time on this show. How did Pac-12 football get a big lift today? How did that happen? Am I, and, and again, in the comments section, you let me know. How did that happen? Um. Like it, it, that's amazing to me. Jim Choi, uh, Kinzano is just a pack paid propagandist. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, where was John Kinzano uh, during the presser? Any questions out of John Kinzano during the presser? <laughs> no, hmm. no. Hmm. Alex Larson, why concern yourself with something that you know will happen? Yeah, 
I don't know. D.F. Ost, as Big 12 fans, we need to be kind to the Pac-12 schools. Not long ago, we were in the same spot they were in. Kindness is more inviting to the Pac-12 to join us than cruelty. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you're 100% wrong, but I think in today's media landscape and, and certainly in college football landscape, you got to be a killer, man. Like, you got to be you got to be ruthless. Like, you got to be out here ready to go and 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 when i say ready to go for big 12 fans what that means for you is your commissioner and your conference better have tv partnerships possibly ready to go in case pac-12 schools are are ready to come into the conference like you got to have all that lined out and frankly i'm very confident that your mark has that plan because he's made side references he hasn't obviously directly said but he said we have a plan for expansion yeah. we, we we are prepared now, he obviously didn't go on something about Pac-12 schools or this or UConn or Gonzaga or whatever it is, but they have a plan. They are prepared. And who's surprised? Brett Yormark, they're prepared. It's just disappointing, again, that this is where the Pac-12 finds itself. And, you know, I don't, I don't, know, how you, I don't know how you fix this. I don't know how you flip the narrative um, other than to distract yourself with the best meatballs you've ever had. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Oh, well, we do it with savory ground beef covered, covered in tangy, tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25. Kick off your weekend in style with Papa Murphy's Pizza. I would love just a crust barbecue sauce again. I mean, we're all grown-ass men. We use barbecue sauce, like, you know. Um, a little bit of cheese. I just thought that you would appreciate me treating you like an adult. We use barbecue sauce in this house, sir. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure there will be riots about this. Uh, all right. Let's run through some of your comments. Aaron Wilson says, breaking Comedy Central to make media rights bid for the Pac-12. All gas, no break. Who's going to bring up the Travel Channel? Please. Discovery. Please. Mark Ruckert. How are you? Good to see you, Mark. Uh, none left to lose. Nothing left to lose. Nothing. Nothing. Tanner Plummer, Clown Zano loses all credibility with that tweet. That guy, and he used to be like one of the best in the business, John Canzano. And I, I, I don't know what happened to that dude. I really don't know what happened to him at all. Amac, uh, Klyovkov didn't give much of an opportunity for questions. He ran away and hid. Well, once James uh, Crapia lit him up, so that's if, where it ended. If you go and watch the presser after the show, go watch the presser in full. You can find it all over YouTube. What you will notice is the guy who, so you know how when people do press conferences, there's always a guy on the side that, that kind of controls the mic and picks the questions. Dude's name was Jim, right? You'll hear George say, Hey Jim, who's got the first question. So, you know, we get like three or four questions in or whatever, working through the presser and Jim said, Hey, we're going to take this question and one more. And it was at that point when that that second-to-last question was asked that George Klyovkov answered that question with the quote we've played a gazillion times today. And then our boy James here from the Oregonian went in on George Klyovkov. That's why 
I think the presser was ended so quickly because they could kind of see Jim's not stupid, right? The guy controlling where the mic goes and everything. People understand George is not a gifted presser guy. You At just all. you just understand that. So you're not you're only going to give him so much leash. That's why I feel like it ended so quickly because they were really trying to wrap it up. Hundred percent. I I think that's I I I I can't even. Yeah, you're good, John Dry. I thought the pack denied some Big Twelve schools in a merger, dude. Do you understand? And I think most people do. The Pac-12 had a kill shot on the Big 12 and didn't take it. But why didn't they take it? And I've talked about this five times this week already. Uh, because Carol Folt, the president at USC, said we're not expanding. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> they had a, a special session of sorts of the executive committee in the Pac-12. Yeah. It was a call. Hey, we're here to talk about expansion and expansion candidates. Here's who we'd like to target. This school, that school, and the Big 12, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Bob, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Carol Fult, the uh, most important voice in the room at USC, what do you think? No, nah, I think expansion's good. Expansion's good. And I, I'm assuming just in my visual narrative that I'm about to make up to tell a story. She looked down on her phone and she saw Kevin Warren calling. She's like, hey, guys, by the way, I got to run. We got some business over here. But uh, yeah, fuck expansion. No, we're good. All right, see you guys later. Hey, Kev. <laughs> Kevy, good to hear from you, buddy. Hey, guys. She said no to expanding the Pac-12 and then almost immediately turned around and went and joined the Big Ten. No. That's why there was no kill shot taken. Yeah. So hey. when Big 12 fan, with all due respect, not trying to make personal or mean, when you talk about, hey, we got to be nice to Pac schools, no, screw that. You got to go in for the kill. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Tom says, Brett uh, Murphy reports, George Klyovkov, the longer we wait for our media rights deal, the better our options are. Well, yeah, it, well. it and we've we talked about that ad nauseum on the show, and I'm happy to play that pipe. I mean, it, it is, it because it, I actually think at this point where they are, I actually think it's, it's, it's actually mostly a true statement. I mean, I'll, I'll play the bite and then I'll explain. We constantly update our board. I think they're enthusiastic like I am about the media deal. But I will tell you what we've seen is that the longer we wait for the media deal, the better our options get. And I think our board realizes that. And the, uh, there's an underlying shift in the media market that's happening. And we're long-term taking advantage of that. But short-term, it may have provided some hiccups. Now, here's why I think I, I, he's not wrong. There's no way to offset the fact that you have screwed yourself into the ground and handled this so incredibly poorly. Yeah. That you failed upward on a media deal. Because if you look at the changing face of sports media rights, and I go to two big ones, I think the two most important deals in sports this year, the WNBA deal with Ion Scripps and the Las Vegas Golden Knights deal with Ion Scripps. Yeah. Those two broke the mold on how you do media rights deals. And then you look at what's going on in Phoenix, where MLB now owns the rights to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Suns and Mercury left Bally Sports because Bally Sports is out of money. They're going bankrupt. They're withholding payments. Then you look in, in Salt Lake City in Utah. Look at the Utah Jazz. 
They were on AT&T Sportsnet. Well, not anymore because AT&T Sportsnet ceases to exist. So the Jazz have their own platform, and they're going back to local TV and the app for streaming. That's the way, my friends. Yes. That's the way. So when you look at George, a year ago, that would have all been craziness. Oh, you guys. How stupid are you to be saying things like local TV and streaming? We're too good for streaming. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Dude, our fan base is in the Bay Area. They don't need to stream. <laughs> streaming. Fucking idiot. Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. Right? Like that, that's what the conversation would have been a year ago. If I'd have told you regional sports networks are dead. RSNs. Local deals are where the money's at for these major league professional teams. The, the media world has shifted completely. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the shifting money situation at Disney that's forced ESPN to do business a different way. Breaking news today. ESPN is working on a model where Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, all of their professional sports partners would buy an equity share of ESPN, which would allow ESPN to cut smaller checks and everybody involved makes more money. The game's changing, dude. These huge media rights payments are no longer there. That's the other reason I talked about it this week, the Big Ten deal. I don't think we'll ever see a deal like that. I think it absolutely is dysfunctional and not something that you can support. You can't support it. And you look at what Brett Yormark said last week. Uh, if I was trying to get the deal I got now, today, we'd be done. It wouldn't happen. So when you look at what Klyovkov said, hey, it actually has benefited us the longer this goes on. He's not wrong, but let's not twist this. Let's not twist this in any way, shape, or form. That was not your plan. <laughs> you lucked into this. You failed upward. Because your plan was to go out to market, crush the Big 12, get a bigger deal, and try to steal their members. Yeah, only ESPN and Fox went behind your back because you guys have been such pains in the ass during your exclusive negotiating period. Huh, hey, uh, yeah, Brad, it's Jimmy Pitaro at ESPN. Have you guys thought about coming out early? Let's renew a deal, yeah. And they did. And it cut the kneecaps off on the Pac-12. You're so fucked. In my opinion, and from what I've been told, that's what happened. So let's not spin this that George Klyovkov is some unbelievable operator who's playing chess while we're all over here playing pinochle. I'm for real. Tommy's not even playing a game. He's just getting lucky with the way that the media world has turned. Yeah. So for my money, George Klyovkov is not wrong at all. Y'all feel he, me? When he says the longer this went on, the better it was for the Pac-12. Because in January, it was a shit show. In August, okay, now maybe we can work some things out. How about $19.7 million a year? I think the only thing I would add to that is because of how this whole thing's worked, saying something like that makes you look like an idiot as far as that quote. Because, again, everyone's going to say, oh, he said the longer, the, the, the longer they go without a deal is better for the Pac-12. That's what the national public perception of the quote is i agree what you just said is what i think george meant yes but the public perception of that quote is hey the conference is a shit show 
And why would he ever say something like that? That's what I think the issue is. He's yeah. not wrong, but it's a bad look. Yeah, the, he's he is. Make no mistake, George Klyavkov has botched this whole thing. And Steve's spend love. You're not wrong at all. That is a wow. Kadu for $20. The problem with waiting on the media market to improve is that the longer the pack waits, they have less and less time to get a deal done before the current deal expires. Thus, the leverage worsens as time passes. Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, you know, when you short a stock, right? Yes. And it goes against exactly. you. You're just sitting here paying and paying and paying, and, and you're just getting a deeper and deeper hole. And by the way, yeah, all the other conferences, they're just running away from you. They're just stacking events. Getting all the recruits. Totally agree. And and he and the one thing I really didn't like that George talked about in his availability is that they're they they they're not seeing any kind of penalty in recruiting. They're not the kids are kids are coming. Which to our I don't believe at all. That's a crock of crap, dude. Because you can go back to what Arizona football coach Jed Fish said when he said, "I'm telling my recruits our brand is strong. <clears throat> our brand is strong. We will be somewhere. Right now, our feet are in the pack. Yeah. Ten. Mm-hmm. Pack 10. So it hurts recruiting. Yeah. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah. And all of this to say, you guys are absolutely right. There There's no question about that. You are absolutely right, and it's, yeah. I mm, I cannot believe how poorly today went for the Pac-12. Jim Choi, uh, Jake is 100% right. NCF, NCAA Athletics is cutthroat. It is. Yeah, nobody cares how you feel, right? Aaron Wilson says a big lift, LOL. It's amazing that Canzano wrote that today. Yeah, that's, that's, it's yeah. amazing he wrote that. Yeah. You know, uh, Jay says, how embarrassing for the pack. It's terrible. It, it is, it's absolutely, I agree. It's absolutely terrible. And it is, it is not good. Greg Swain, what happened to drive Clanzano, Clanzano over the edge? I don't know what happened to him. So I, I don't know, man. I think money happened. I think my opinion is I don't know this, right? No one's told me this or us this, but my opinion is is that I think John Canzano two things. I think he got real prideful because he has a radio show and because he's a writer and those guys typically think cuz they've been doing that 30 years they're hot shit and I think the landscape's changing. I think I think the radio industry's going the wrong direction, but, but radio landscape guys don't realize changing? That. What did what was John Canzano known as? Uh, he was known for uh, as a newspaper man. Mm-hmm. Newspaper men went away, and he opened up his own website. And I guess he still does a radio show. Though I'm he not does. clear. He does. Okay, so he, he does, does a radio show. So now he is a guy that you have to subscribe to his website, so mm-hmm. he makes money. And I I think that's a very difficult way to make a living. So, Greg, what happened to drive clown clown Zano over the edge? I have no idea. But it's guys like, and as much as Jason Shear and I apparently have butted heads in the past, it's guys like Jason that are in a city covering a university in college anyway. Those are the guys that should get your money. Yeah, and he went hunting, by the way, which I'm not exactly a big fan of. What do you mean? Jason Shear went hunting for Kanzano yesterday on Twitter. And uh, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I think that that also, there's a price for that. I don't know that that's necessarily the... The best look, I don't. But. I don't think you can go attacking guys. Yeah, and we've we've made a, a decision on this show not to talk about other people. Now yeah. here we are talking about John Canzano. But my point is, yeah, Jason Shear, guys like that. Those guys are. That's the next wave of journalism. Yeah, absolutely. That's the next thing. Mm-hmm. 
And we wonder why TV news and radio, talk radio in this country is struggling. It's because you don't have ethics anymore. Because we don't have journalism anymore. And so guys like John Canzano, who writes stupid shit like, oh, and again, I'll put this tweet up because I want to make sure that we're, we're being fair. Because this is, this is John Canzano's tweet. This is his tweet about Pac-12 football media day. <laughs> the Pac-12 tried to make media day about football. It was a big lift. The fuck does that even mean? Yeah. I mean, if we're being totally honest. It really honest, begs the question, yeah. What does, what is, how was it a big lift? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Nobody's talking about Pac-12 football today. Yeah. It, it, it's not a big, we can sit here, and I think this is part of the problem in the Pac-12. They don't talk about their problems. Nobody says, hey, George, you screwed that up. Something terrible. That was embarrassing, dude. You can't be our commissioner anymore. Because that's how we opened the show today. Yeah. We opened the show today, and my point was, George Klyovkov can no longer be the commissioner of the Pac-12. Yeah. This today was a death knell for this conference's credibility. When you're talking about, you know, like you, you make a statement like, we are on purpose not announcing a TV deal to focus on football. And then when you're asked by, I don't know, an actual journalist in James Crapia who says, hey, well, by the way, you said purposefully not announcing your new media deal. Does that mean you have one? And you say, no, you're reading too much into my comment, which is, um, oh, you took it out I, of context. Yeah. Yeah. What? You can't be the commissioner anymore. But guess what? Nobody in the conference has the balls to say that. And the moment they get a new media deal, his ass should be out the door. You should be merging with the Mountain West, and Gloria Navarro should be your commissioner. Yeah, she ran the the West Coast Conference, the WCC, perfectly. I think she handled the San Diego State situation perfectly. That conference has value for its size. Combine it with the Pac-12, kick Klyovkov to the curb, and let's all go about our college sports <laughs> business. Excellent strategy, sir. But it's guys like Clownzano who allow somebody like George Klyovkov to come on his podcast last year and say back of the envelope calculations. And he allows, you know, he says, hey, well, you know, not a single USC or UCLA fan wanna be in the wanna be in the Big Ten. Back of the envelope calculations. So somebody actually did, again, let's get fucking crazy, journalism, and went and talked to UCLA and USC fans and overwhelmingly they wanted to be in the same conference and they wanted that conference to be the Big Ten. Hey guys. Like it's ridiculous what goes on with this guy and nobody holds him accountable. Yep. Doesn't make you feel responsible. And it's because we don't have journalism in this country anymore. We 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 simply do not. Yeah. That it just it's amazing to me. Um Salty. What's up, Salty Drunk? Good to see you. I'm sorry. Up, I don't have NBA for you today. Yeah, dude. Sorry. This kind of has taken over, but we will. Trust me, Salty. Yeah. Um <laughs> Aaron Wilson, because what would today be without Aaron being direct? No NBA talk, Salty. Sorry. Fucking A. Um, Wiz is Wiz Island. Of course, we will never see it because it's all three major channels. Oh, what you mean? Jim Choi. No media is committing billion dollars to a regional college conference. Well, it's not even that you're not committing billions of dollars. It's not even that you're regional. You're not easy to deal with. Yeah. People don't like George Klyovkov. I've heard that repeatedly from people in television. We don't like dealing with him. 
and I just quickly will say, look at ESPN. ESPN could have ended this a long time ago. But are they working to destroy the Pac-12? No, they're not. Are they working to support the Pac-12? Uh, no, they're not. Were they working to support the Big 12? They were. They were. They even gave the Big 12 a pro rata for expansion. And I agree with what, what did you say or somebody said. That's a hunting license on the Pac-12. Yeah. I think that's the best way. I think one of our listeners said that yeah, today. Yeah, commenter did, yeah. That's one of the best ways I've ever heard that put. The pro rata is a hunting license for the Big 12 to go out and get the Pac-12. Yeah. Who gave them that? Who issued that hunting license? ESPN did. By the way, did ESPN compete with Amazon? No, they did not. ESPN's not working to actively kill the Pac-12. I'm just doing nothing to help it. Just yeah. Nothing. Nothing at all. J.K. Marshall, I really doubt it's better now than prior. There's no evidence of this at all. It's better now than prior. I think their media situation, it's almost like, think about a massive thunderstorm, right? Bright, sunshiny day, massive thunderstorm comes in for the last year. And now you're starting to see the clouds move away and the sun is coming back out because there's a little more space for people to make deals. The problem is, and what's going unsaid here is, the deal the Pac-12 needs and wants doesn't exist. Yeah. That's the problem. So you're going to make a deal. You're going to make a deal. It's just not going to be the deal you want. Yep. Mark Ruckert. Uh, wonder how the university CFOs feel about having zero clue what their 2024 budgets will look like. Ask Washington State. Yeah, you should. Uh, we have a we have a, a Kirk Schultz. <laughs> dude, dude, Kirk Schultz at one of their board meetings says, yeah, uh, we probably shouldn't be uh, making our budgets off of projections. Right. Can, can I mean, can you believe that concept? That you can't throw a number up there, build a budget off it, and then find out later that you were $5 million off in that number because you took the best projections that were there and said, hey, let's just do it. And then went. Bro, what? <laughs> I thought you, wait, what? That's the Pac-12. That is, if, if dude, that is oh the Pac-12. That's wild. Good casual. Good poll by you. Bro, that is Good poll crazy. By it, it is absolutely wild. Timmy Pruitt. The Pac-12, only legends in the, in their own minds. Conference of champions, dude. Steve Spenlove, uh, exactly my point. Why say that? I have no idea. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, look, the longer we go without a deal, the longer we get to keep all of our teams. <laughs> you probably ain't wrong about that, man. <laughs> you, you probably are not wrong about that. You know. Uh, J.K. Marshall says, or two holes. What did we miss? What do you mean? Yeah, what did we miss? I don't know what what did we miss. I have no idea uh, what we missed. All right, let's wrap up with a couple more of your comments, you guys. Thank you. I know that uh, we have had a really busy day today, and I know that um, you know, like it, it is, um, it is just. I, I'm so thankful. Um, I, I just, you guys are amazing, and it is. You know, I'm I, I'm hearing from our friends at the Advocates. Um, you know, that OG Gary made a great donation. Uh, Ryan made a great donation. Um, the Advocates, thank you. It, it's remarkable that you guys have, have supported the Advocates. Uh, before I get out of here, I just want to say the Advocates are, are raising money for homeless kids to go back to school. Uh, they are working with a group called The Road Home, uh, who is one of the leading homeless advocacy groups in this country. 
And you guys, I think you know by now I am passionate about keeping our kids as innocent as possible for as long as possible. So it really, it's very difficult for me to imagine a kid that's in, let's call it seventh grade. He doesn't know where he sleeps every night and he may be in a shelter or a car or a park. Who knows? And he doesn't have socks to wear to school. They're raising money for these kids because most of these kids don't have underwear to wear to school or they only wear, only own one pair of underwear and they're homeless. So how often is that pair of underwear getting laundered? How often is their torn pair of pants getting put in the washing machine? And let's not even talk about how are they doing their homework at night? How are they, what are they eating for dinner? Because the best meal they're probably going to get is at school if they have a lunch program because they probably can't afford lunch money if they're homeless. And I understand that people get frustrated with parenting. I get that. But let's take a minute and consider helping these kids because the advocates in the road home have partnered up to give these kids the essentials that they need. We're not talking about $1,000 backpacks. We're talking about having a backpack. We're talking about having a pair of shoes, a pair of socks. Let's give them multiple pairs of socks. Let's give them multiple pairs of underwear so they can go to school and be confident. You're, you're, you're in a classroom with no socks and no underwear on and a torn pair of jeans trying to learn algebra. Trying to be confident, trying to make friends, trying to have some idea of how to relate to the opposite sex with a girl or a guy. Imagine being a girl that doesn't have socks or underwear. Imagine, and you're going to school. Think about that, you guys. Let's do what we can do. You see the address on your screen. It's for Venmo. Uh, if you have it in your hearts and you have it in your wallets, I ask you a dollar, $50, a million dollars, $5. Whatever you can give, please consider Venmoing advocates donations, advocates donations on Venmo. Um, it would be amazing if you guys would take a minute and just send them a dollar. A five dollar, whatever you have, man, it all makes a difference. We've had so many people give, and I, I just thank you so much for that, you guys. It makes a world of difference. Yeah. So thank you for that. All right, let's take a couple more minutes. Read your comments here on the Monty Show. Uh, let's see. Tom says the top six schools in the Pac-12 could go toe to toe with anyone in the nation. The Big has three. The SEC has a ton. The 12 has one or two. The ACC has one or two. I think the Big Ten is the most overrated conference in the country. Yeah. And I, think I will. The Big, 12, the Big Ten's got two. I think saying they have three is generous. I think, yeah, I that's I think is generous for certain. For certain. Derek, uh, what's up, Roche? Matt, something is going on we don't know about uh, because they're still not losing confidence. What did Matt say? Matt Jenkins. Just logged in. Coming uh, from North Carolina, I'm a West Virginia fan. This is complete incompetence on the conference's part. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how long before the schools lose complete confidence in George Klyovkov and staff? I, well, and it's a great point, though. They're communicating on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. He, George Klyovkov is telling them, hey, here's the deal, and it's coming. And they're just going to have to make a value judgment for them, their own situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that the the leadership at these schools, the chancellors, presidents, and ads, are going around each day being like, "Man, do we really trust that George can get us a deal?" I think we're way past that. Yeah. I, I think we're much more in a position where they're just simply saying, "Okay, cool. One day this deal is going to show up, and we're we need to be prepared for both for both uh, 
both actions or both plans or both paths. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Spenlove, one of our newest members on the show. Thanks, Steve. Davis District now is building teen centers so kids can go to school early to shower, do laundry, and eat breakfast before school starts. It's that common of a problem. Damn. Man. Can uh, ima- Just imagine being a kid that's homeless. Yeah. Like, it, Just think about how are you going to do – how are you going to get passing grades? We're talking about literacy. You're, you're talking about learning to read, write, and do basic math. And you're homeless trying to do that. And you're in school with not, certainly not equipment that you need. Calculators, pencils, pens, backpacks, paper. Yeah. But clothing. It, it, I don't know what it, what it must be like for a high school kid not to have underwear. That really hit me the, the other week when, we, when, when I was reading about that. There is a large majority of homeless children in this country who don't have basic clothing necessities like socks and underwear. That's mind-numbing to me. Yeah. It, it, and we're trying to set these people up to be the future leaders of America. I, I can't even imagine it. Yeah. Can't even imagine it. Uh, a couple more before we roll out for the weekend. Jeff Woodworth, Pack and Big 12 could have been massive with brands in parity. Oh, my God. Yes, but... As usual, the arrogance got the away. wasted potential yeah. of the Pac-12. Oh my God! Uh, George is at this time like a cult leader. He has brainwashed most of the Pac. Delaric says, "I don't know." Yeah, I don't know that I buy into that, but maybe. I don't know. Christopher Shannon isn't Cowherd's audience declining, and that's why he's deliberately criticizing fan bases to get engagement. I Cowherd. No, I, we have not watched Cowherd's show in so long. Hey, Cowherd. I, we we generally on a daily basis we either watch Jim Rome or Pat McAfee or golf or golf. When it, Thursday Friday we're watching golf, we're watching golf because we're addicted. J.K. Marshall, basic math equals back of the envelope. <laughs> a boy, exactly right. Appreciate you, J.K. Jeff Woodworth, basic math not back of the envelope calculations. No, basic math is a higher tier than back of the envelope. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Shooter Texas. There's a lot of pressure by alum and donors to try and stay in the pack. That's very, very true. Yeah. Very, very true. It will take a lot before they can get buy-in to leave the conference. It's a huge move, and it takes time. It does. It does, and it takes buy-in from your donors. Absolutely, it does. MJ Bissett gets the final word today. Please share some of the money from my paid comments with the advocates. Finally got Memo working and donated $5. Thank you. Appreciate you. We will. Yeah, absolutely we will. You guys, thank you. Just thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting the advocates. Catch us at Canyons Golf this weekend. We'll be there tomorrow morning at 7 golfing. We'll be there Sunday at 7 golfing. Say hello if you're there. Shout out to the PXG troops in the world. And as sincerely as I can say it, this has been a record-breaking week on this show. Thank you. We appreciate every one of you. And without further ado, until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.